Where are your parents? Um, your mother? Your father? He didn't wake up. What happened to you? It must have been awful when they told you whose house it was. I knew it was Jim's house. Welcome, my name is Matt, I'm here with Andrew today. We're going to be talking about Edward Scissorhands, Depp's masterful first cosplay character, why writer says scissors that way, and explaining the snow globe world that's so personal to Burton. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces, and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. So, she goes, what's now? What's Bo? Winona Ryder is one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. She is gorgeous. Yeah, and she ages like fine wine. I mean, I'm telling you, even in like Stranger Things now. I mean, yeah. but yeah, she is absolutely gorgeous. And, and I just had Danny Elfman that. looks like Elton John. <laughs> he does look like El- Elton John. Um, so which movie did you have more fun uh, watching? Oh, definitely Beetlejuice. You had more fun watching yeah. Beetlejuice. Did you do you enjoy Beetlejuice more? Yeah, more than Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Because I, I think we asked that last episode, right? Did Did we say Beetlejuice or mm-hmm. did we say Edward Scissorhands? No, I've said I've always said Be- Beetlejuice. You're You're more of a fan of yeah. Beetlejuice. Uh, I I think I have more fun. I think watching Beetlejuice, but I think I think Edward Scissorhands is a better movie, and I think it's actually his masterpiece. I think it's uh, it's exactly Tim Burton. There's a lot of holes in this movie. Really? Why? Well, I mean, this a lot of stuff that I just was like, eh, it's stretching a little too far. Eh, you know, it's taking it's taking it a little too well. And that's the point. It's a, it's a fairy tale, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not supposed to take place in a our drama world, piece. which is which is what I want to get. This is not our world. This is taking place in everything. So, uh, and you know, he's all he's said many times that this is his most personal movie he's ever made who depper uh uh tim burton oh okay so that's why i want to and i want to get into why that is and everything so well you know where it was created right what's it what do you mean where he got the idea for it he got the idea for it he used to draw a very slender emo type looking yeah. guy and then uh he had uh knives for fingers well it was his it was supposed to be like kind of like a self-portrait yeah and he he said you know the reason for scissors was because scissors are so simple, but they always, they, they're simple, but they're complicated. He's like, I could net, when I was younger, I would look at them and say, look, they're simple. There's two pieces to it. He's like, but I could never figure out how they worked. Yeah. 
So, and I thought that was pretty interesting that he put that. Like when in. he was five, he couldn't figure out how they were. I don't know. That's why I was like, I was like, how do you not? Because I mean, that's like a basic first day preschool, right? You learn yeah. how to use the child safe scissors. They just go in opposite directions. Exactly, and you're just kind of put. But I guess you know, like the mechanics of pushing your fingers together and the scissors go up and slice and the I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they they just seemed, you know, so complicated. And I think that's kind of like representative of like his very, very slight steampunk aesthetic that he has sometimes, especially in this with like the machinery of how things were being made and everything where it's like it's simple, but. You know, you have you try to make things like with complicated mechanics behind it, like his whole conveyor belt with the making the cookies and everything. That seemed very complicated with the little little robots yeah. that would go up and down with their feet mm-hmm. and cutting it whenever you could just have something come and. And when, when they panned out on that shot, it's funny because like half the time the feet aren't even touching the dough or the 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 prints, or you know? it's doing it in like the same spot that another one just did. Yeah, and I mean they're just all over the place, and yeah. then they do the close up, and it's like two it's solid stamp, pieces stamp, 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 stamp you know right stamp, in yeah. there and i was like you know there's a lot of holes i mean there's this very whimsical movie that's the way i would describe it but that's another thing that we were talking about like it's, like, it's something that where a conveyor assembly line thing could be easier but it, he may he overcomplicates it yeah and maybe that's the same thing with the scissors you know it's easy but maybe he's overcomplicating or whatever uh before we get into the movie though um, you had a homework assignment for me for this. I did. Movie. I did. I did. You for, want to get for that? once, for once, and in, in all, however many seasons. I know. And then I at. gave you a homework assignment as well, and you didn't do that, but I didn't do that either. Yeah, so. but see, you weren't just a teacher <laughs> on that homework assignment. You were also a student. I know, and I failed. Yeah, I failed. Okay, so see, so what waist. I came up with my idea was, you know, instead of scissor hands, <laughs> what useful items could you put on your fingers or hands rather than scissor hands and what not useful items would make totally like no sense whatsoever okay so, we so have, we're going deep into our minds right. and our subconscious we have a list of things that would be ridiculous to replace scissor hands yeah we're talking about okay so we're not talking about um anything ridiculous than having scissors of hands we're talking about the specific uh situation where we have edward here yeah and we want to replace his hands with something yes Okay. And how he would go about his daily life. Um, one of our lists is... Navigating through life. One of our lists is uh, something that's more ridiculous than scissors for him. Yes, correct. And the other one is something that may be outlandish, but it would actually be useful correct. to have his hands. Correct, yes. Okay, because my first note here was... Wait hey, a minute. Hey, don't you want to do the intro on the movie so we know where we're at on that one? I, I will, but okay. uh, my, my, my first note was scissors are ridiculous. Yes, So correct. that was number one on correct. my list, but I do have five, so... But but again, you I've know... I've rounded if, it out, just if, in case. If he landscapes for the rest of his life, opens yeah. up in his own business... Or uh, 2.5 and point five 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 kids because he'll chop them up, you yeah. know? But then, ha- you know, right. yeah, live a regular life as a landscaper. He could, you know, it, that would be useful to him, right? Yeah, yeah, it would be useful to him. I want to know who these ladies are that are getting in the seat to let them cut the hair when they see all the scars that he has all over and, his and, face. And Ray, it was funny because, <laughs> I, exactly. I mean, I'd be I like, know. I'd see his face and be like, nah, you're not cutting my hair, man. Or, or the dogs, for that matter. <laughs> you're slice you know? me up, dude. And, and, you know, at first I was like, when I first watched this movie, and I will get back to the list, right. but when I first watched this movie, I always thought in my head, like for some reason when I was younger, that he actually did a good job with the hairs of the dogs and the human women. But then, you know, Rachel started watching it. Depending on your fashion. Well, yeah. And, but Rachel came in and she was like, you know, 
because she, she has some cosmetology oh, background. Yes. She's right. like, this is bad. I said, yeah, but it kind of fits in like more of a like an '80s retro type haircut. It's just I suppose. supposed to be weird and eclectic, like Tim Burton. That's Ye- all. Yeah, and, and I got that, you know. But I, I mean, was, you had the one bad shades right straight. down the middle. I mean, or, or the ones with the all, yeah, just trying to get it perfect when it. Just or the ones with the random strands coming right. out of her head, you know, and you're sitting there like. Okay, this doesn't make any sense. And and I don't know why I got that complex. Same thing with Michael C. Hall on this. Like, I, for some reason, thought he was a lot larger of a human being. See, when we were talking about it, I was like, you know, I don't think he's actually that big in Edward Scissorhands. No. It's just we remember the bully, and then later on when we found out that, or we figured out that it was Michael C. Hall that played these nerds, we just assumed that he was bigger because we remember him being bigger than Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. But Johnny Depp's not a big guy. Well, and, and it's kind of a correction for me from last episode because, again, you know, I... I thought he was a lot bigger than than what I saw in the movie. Yeah. You know, like for some reason I thought he was just a lot bigger, but he's really not. This that is much like bigger. a nerd that has just finished a growth spurt. Yeah, he's big. You know, he's got the 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 attitude and everything like that. But he's not really intimidating. Yeah. Not that big. Of it. He, he probably he, got he's bullied. Got the attitude. He probably got bullied right. in elementary and middle school, yeah. and then he grew a couple inches, and so then he started being the bullier. <laughs> this is what bullier, happened when bullied, Brian from I the guess. Breakfast Club uh, kept getting messed with. Yeah, and you know he finally decided, "Screw this flare gun that I brought to school." I'm gonna start working yeah. out and everything. Was so it this, st- yeah, was Brian it st- probably started hanging out with Bender a little bit, yeah. Yeah. or or maybe even Andrew. I don't know. Well, I mean. Was he? Was it even established that he was actually in school at the time, or was he a little bit older? Well, none of these are, and that's why I want to get into this, because okay. this isn't okay. a normal life. Okay. It just has our world, uh, things that are. Uh, I'll get into. Yeah. But uh, real quick, just so we can enter this and get started, uh, today we're going to be doing Edward Scissorhands. We're going to be talking about Edward Scissorhands. Uh, its movie came out in 1990. Uh, it was directed by Tim Burton. Uh, it was written by Tim Burton as well, uh, and his friend Caroline Thompson. Um, the movie stars Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands, uh, Winona Ryder as Kim, Diane Weist uh, as Peg, Anthony Michael Hall as Jim, Catherine Baker, uh, Robert Oliveri, um, and a bunch of others. Uh, you know, you, you even have some some cool cameos like Alan Arkin as a you know as a young father. Uh, he looks uh, so young in this movie. Yeah. If, um, What's her name? Kim. Yeah. Yeah, he does look a lot younger. You he's even like Get Smart, and he's like so much older. <laughs> he, look, he even looked older in uh, uh, Gross Point Blank, and that yeah. only came out like five years after. I know. It's something. like, I don't want to ever re- uh, reach that age where I have to go from, you know, looking as a uh, very handsome human being that I am. Yeah. And going, of to, course. Be, and going to be an old uh, crockety person. <laughs> crotchety, you mean? Crockety. Crockety. You're going to wear lots of Crocs. None of it makes any sense anyways. <laughs> Neither of those words ever make sense, so who cares which what it is. <laughs> well, we even have uh, Vincent Price as the inventor, you know, who's uh, kind of a horror, dark, uh, you know, legend. old school legend. movie legend, yes. uh, icon of his own. And uh, Suzanne, uh, Susan Blomert, I believe is how you say her name. Uh, now she was one of the uh, the little biddies running around, you know, worrying about you know, worrying about everybody else's business but her own. You know, and she much, looked young in this movie too. Yeah, pretty much the whole neighborhood. But this one with the, with the glasses, the Susan Blomert that I'm talking about. Do you remember what she's been in? Isn't she in um, what is it? Uh, Blacklist. Yeah. Do you remember what she played in that? Yes. She yes. was the cleaner. Yes. Yeah, she was the is cleaner her. later. Yes. And, and I, I've noticed that, and I was like, i got to bring it up to Andrew, because I know that you and Rachel are big fans of Blacklist. Oh, I love Blacklist. And I like it. I, I, I never get past, like, the third season. I've watched it so many times, and I enjoy it every time. And it's not that I get bored of it. I just... 
get caught up with something else or whatever. And but her character, like it. she she plays, you know, you, in the later seasons or not really later, but you know the after season one, obviously, but season two, three, she starts becoming like. Um, she gets more of a backstory. That's right, and doesn't like something bad happen. Well, and all she, that. she was I mean, there when when whatever, the main but. the main star was um, uh, a baby. She she That's she held right. her when she was a baby, and yeah. and so like you know at first you watch the first season, it's like you know it's kind of catching. It's pretty cool because you know she's just a cleaner. She comes uh-huh. in there and all that. Stuff. But then she gets a more of a backstory, and she ends. Up, it just goes totally different direction. You That's right, and she it. starts to become afraid of like red a, and like a bad guy, pretty much. I thought she was kind of be like like kind of gone against Red, but in a good way, and he didn't trust her. So no, more more like for the main the girl, more like her. She was on her side, you know, and she was trying to get rid of Red, kind of thing. I don't know, but I whatever. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so uh, this movie uh, is such a great movie, and some consider it to be uh, Tim Burton's masterpiece. I would definitely say it's. Um, it's everything that Tim Burton is in one movie. Um, like we said, we, you know, we he has his dark gothic movies and he has bright colored movies. This has both of those elements in it. Um, in his what this was his fourth feature ever. He yeah. had Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and then he had Beetlejuice, and then he had Batman, and then he had this one. Um, so this is his fourth movie, and to to be able to do a, a you know a, a basically self professed. Um, I like that word. Not not biopic, but I mean like personal movie. Like yeah. this, he he's often stated that this is his most personal movie that he's ever done because there's so much about this that um, that is Tim Burton, like from his childhood, which we're gonna get into. Yeah, he didn't get more hitting his hands until his early twenties. Right, right. Teens. He had scissor hands throughout his teens. teens. It was a very it was a very bleeding and somebody childhood. took him from a mysterious house where you don't know where he eats yeah. or drinks yeah. if little, at all. little one of the little little mini uh paper cut band-aids you know those yeah. little mini band-aids just that that was and you know you, you think about it if he's made out of like plastic right like he's we, not but i mean his hands were kind of but not but that's what that's those so those are the parts that i want to get into why like i get it because there's plot holes there's like okay well how there's, did he there's a is lot. he a real person there's or whatever a lot of plot but holes. it's not if you look at it this the right way which I, I i get that a lot of people don't because there's plenty of reason to not think that way but before we get into that let's yeah. do your list you go okay. ahead and intro that or whatever all right so again back to our list you know it's what's useful what possibly could be useful in in my mind and in Matt's mind, <laughs> Just but then also mind. not useful, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. No, absolutely. That's how I run my world. So, do you want to do this back and forth? Do you want to do the pro list first and then the con list? Do you want to switch back? How do you want? No, to do I'll this? just do it first and then you go. You want to do that? Okay. okay. Let, let's do let's do the ridiculous. Both of us do the ridiculous first. Okay. So we can bounce off of that and then maybe come back to what would be handy. Okay. <laughs> get it handy. Yeah, I, get it. I do get it. I do get it. I, I really think you do. put that in the original text and I, I giggled. I was like, really? <laughs> handy. All right, go ahead. All right. So, most ridiculous. Okay. Edward's cigarette fingers. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you did this because I, I put mine as Edward blah, blah, blah oh, okay. as well. I'm I like, just, Edward I just, blah, blah, blah. Edward blah, blah, blah. You know, bright minds think alike. Right, right. So, so cigarette fingers. That would be uh, that would be ridiculous. I don't know. I think that would be handy. If you're a smoker, that would be handy. But I'm, I'm never not have to saying buy cigarettes. You'd yeah, always I'm, have something to smoke. But eventually, they would go down to the butt. No, because, I mean, you're, you're all, your body's always replacing cells, True. right? So you'd okay. smoke it down to the okay. butt. And while it was healing up, 
up, you'd just smoke another finger. Yeah, but then that's got to go on your handy you, you'd list. You'd be smoking for smokers. You'd be smoking like all the time. You would. Die, you probably wouldn't even make it to your fifth birthday. And just to let listeners of the show know, both Andrew and I are ex-smokers. Correct. Uh, we no don't longer, recommend it for anyone. Right. So we we, you know, we are very you know against smoking now and everything. Uh, uh, we didn't quit too long ago, but no. um, two years for me. Yeah, actually going on three now. I like that. I like the. I like cigarette hands. It now. Here's the thing: Are they always burning? Yes. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Then yes. that. Then that would be ridiculous because if you're not a smoker, then that would really suck. I'm gonna go home and draw yeah. that out. If you're not smoking, you just pretty much have to have your hands up like this all the this time. This is what so I'm the saying. Smoke would never get you in your wouldn't face. even make it to your fifth birthday. Yeah, you that, would die. I'd chop them off. I'd be there like, give, give me some mechanical hands. I can't do this. Just give me some stubs. Yeah. I'd rather. I'd rather survive. I'd rather walk around with stubs. So my first ridiculous one is Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Because scissor hands are ridiculous. You're a cheater, but But okay. if that's cheating, I went and put in parentheses. Okay, okay. Edward Poison Hands. Well, if you were super villain, that would be kind of handy. But it would if it, but you're susceptible to the poison. Right, right, but it, you got to be like this all the time, like I making like, sure I don't get any of this on me I, so it's not absorbed. Well, it's kind of like Rogue from the X-Men, right? She has to wear gloves all the time because if she takes her gloves off, she can kill people almost like poison. But what if that gets into your skin and it kills you? Or what if you accidentally touch somebody or something uh, okay, happens? Okay, you pulled you pulled Edward's sciz- uh, cigarette fingers over to Handy. I, this I'm is pulling, why we're, this I'm is pulling, why we're arguing over I'm pulling this. Edward poison fingers. All right, but the majority of people aren't villains that are going to use poison <laughs> against people. Okay, we should move on. Okay, All right, so yeah, it could be ridiculous, could not be. What's your second okay. ridiculous? Edward sausage fingers. <laughs> How is that ridiculous? That's awesome. Uh, if I'm again, hungry, I'm going to snack, and then it'll grow right. back. Again, you, you're always you're gonna replacing have, your cells. You're going to have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, that and and uh, probably be very large human being. If it was like Hen- uh, Edward Broccoli fingers or something, then that <laughs> would be And that'd be, be a healthier choice. Because, uh, yes. yeah, healthy choice. Shout yeah, out to nutritionists. <laughs> and shout out to frozen meals. Healthy choice. <laughs> uh, my next one is Edward scissor feet, but okay. as hands. Okay. So you would not have scissor hands. You would have scissor feet, but then the scissor feet would be on your wrist. As soon as you said so that, be you, know what more came ridiculous. My, you know what came to my mind when you said that? <laughs> what? Uh, a velociraptor. It would, well, it would look like somebody with yeah, their feet like, like this. Yeah, your arms all curled yes. up. And so I automatically think chest. a raptor, and um, I just want to make the noise. Because you have you know? to point your hands down, because that's how feet are supposed to right, be, right? Right, right. But like scissor feet, that would be, I mean, that would be ridiculous. At least with scissor hands, you can have like long. I mean, scissors and feet together, that's like a double whammy. I know, and you're, you don't even have them on your feet. You this had them true. on your hands, this which would be true. even more pointless. Yeah. So that's why I thought that was ridiculous. Okay. What's your next one? Uh, Edward Q-tip fingers. <laughs> Another thing that could be handy. Why do you have all the ridiculous things? But you can only use them so many times in your ear before they're coated with wax. That's true. But what if you can like rip them off and then they just grow back? But see, that's not how that's not how Edward Q-Tip's fingers looks. You don't know that because you don't know how I created him. Look, but your body's always rebuilding new cells. Now we can't grow back like limbs like lizards do and stuff. Right. As Spider Man. Why would you think we could regrow (laughs) Q-Tip fingers? Or why would we even have q Yeah, that would be true. They, uh, after a while, it'd, get, uh, it'd probably be best not to just use them at all. Yeah. Because if, if, if they just, you can't replace them. But you could clean your car pretty good. Yeah, but you they know, would get dirty. You would just have to time. never use them. Or, yeah. or use them the first part of your life, they'd just be 
disgusting by the time you're like 12. And, yeah, and every time you, you have, take like, a bite to, and jelly yeah, and nastiness and all over it. Every time you take a bite to eat, you're literally cleaning <laughs> your like nostril little, out. But I mean, you know, those things like will catch like little dust things in the air <laughs> and everything. It's exactly my point. That's why it's the most ridiculous on my ridiculous list. Okay, well, my next one is Edward. Uh, I said dynamite, but I think grenade is the best. Edward grenades hands. So like each each finger or something, you just have a bunch of grenades, right? If you catch the pins on those on anything or whatever, like you're going to catch a door yeah, or yeah. it catches the pin, you're like, oh crap, I'm about to lose my hand. Okay. Because you only got a few seconds to put that pin back in. I got a theory for you. Okay. I got a theory for you. Do you think this is how Jack Kirby and Stan Lee came Probably. up with all of their characters? Probably. They're like, let's it take a ridiculous concept a, yes. and find something until it goes, actually, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Spider-Man? I exactly. mean, uh, my, one of my favorites. Yeah, but, what kind of bug man would be ridiculous? Well, spiders yeah. are stupid. They can't Blue really hurt beetle? you. Blue beetle? Blue beetle? Well, I mean, re- what did uh, what did the Thor, or no, uh, the Hulk say? He goes, wait, there's a Spider-Man and an <laughs> Ant-Man when he came back? Or, or the new Suicide Squad movies. What is it? Uh, uh, Polka Dots? <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of badass in this. All movie. of those people in the new Shark, uh, uh, new suicides are, are way are like I'd say a thousand times more ridiculous than the first movie than the ones in the first movie. But what it was, did, it what was did, ten times better than the first. And, movie. and what did WB Sorry, do, David Ayer? <laughs> what did WB do? They said, you know what? Let's just go give the most ridiculous character from Suicide Squad a TV show. But then they said this guy, James Gunn, he can do anything. Yeah. You know, he, he turned Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the most niche comic book titles in Marvel, into like the most popular thing. Anyways. True. Um, so yeah, Grenade Hands. Wouldn't you, don't you think that would be terrible? Yeah, I just feel like we're having a lot of supervillains here and maybe But yeah, this is that's why it's all ridiculous because yeah. supervillains, they have a hard life and they get <laughs> pissed and then they take it out on everybody. That's yeah. usually how you build it. So, so I mean, yeah. you have all these ridiculous things you're probably getting made fun of. Your hands are blown up yeah. because you got grenades on them. Green Goblin yeah, you're gonna be pissed when and you grow not up. fat yeah, like exactly, you think. Yeah, eventually he's going to blow his hands yeah. off and then create mechanical <laughs> hands that kill everybody. What's your next one? Okay, this actually this actually could be a super villain. Oh okay, Edward Hammerhands. <laughs> I dude, I'm still seeing nothing but handy stuff out of this because no, that stuff. See, the things I'm putting is like poison hands. Okay, that's stuff that's gonna kill me. Dynamite. Okay, I'm gonna blow up if if anything happens. Because remember, these are attached to you. There's nothing you can do about it. But you're, you're doing stuff like hammers and Q-tips. I'm like, man, I could clean my ears. I can hammer some nails. Well, you're going to love my useful list then. Well, but but the hammer hands, wouldn't people be asking you to hang pictures and shit up all the time? Yeah, yeah but then you're going to have- I hate doing that. I but, mean, think about it. You go to scratch your forehead because you got an itch and you end up slamming your head with a hammer. So you probably, bad. again, all these, all these ones, non-useful ones uh, that I've been saying are probably ones that- you don't live past the age of five. Right. And what's the thing that men and mainly husbands hate doing more than anything hanging else? pictures. Or curtains. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging curtains and pictures. That's the worst thing that we... I mean, that's a shout yeah, out to you, Dad, because right. and uh, I, we realized that you always taught us that. And we realized that like that seems like simple tasks, and that's why we get so pissed. Okay. Is that they're simple tasks. Hanging curtains. That shouldn't be hard. Yeah. Hanging pictures. That shouldn't be hard. Okay. It's not. Yeah. But when you hang it up or whatever, and it's like an inch cockeyed, or, or the curtains are that way... And you're just sitting there, and you're just like smoke is coming out of you, you know. Anyway, oh, but no, I actually but saw I agree smoke that coming that would out of be, Dad sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, plenty of times. Actually. Yes, but yeah, like it was uh, different colors too. Which yeah, is yeah, I think so. You could tell the degree of angriness, and then that's when he really wanted to party. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ed, uh, Edward, Edward Hammerhands. I would say it would be ridiculous. I wouldn't like it because people would ask, be asking me to do do yeah. stuff all the time. And you have hey, you got a hammer? Hey, can you come over and help me? At- no. 
And you know how much money it would cost you to buy that many nails? But if you were in a security job and you're punching somebody with the force of a hammer, like with the with the true impact of yeah. a hammer, I mean, that's like having brass knuckles You got knuckles some possibilities for jobs. Way. You could be a framer, you know. <laughs> framer. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a damn good framer, too. Or you could be a baker. You could pound out that dough real yeah. good. Oh, meat tenderizer. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, my next one is Cereal Edward killer. Lightsaber Hands. That would um, be cool, though. But if you had lightsaber fingers, don't you think you'd just be chopping your but own you fingers off? you could turn them off. How's that not handy? That is true. You could, you well, could turn no. them off. Yeah, but how are you supposed to hold anything? Because lightsabers go through everything. But turn you them can't off. Hold and, anything. And then, no, but if you turn them off, you don't have any. You don't do have you, any hands Have left. you seen what people do with chopsticks? I know, but look, they're once they're off, there's nothing there. It's just a, it's just a, a stump until the oh, lightsaber wait, wait, come so, on. So it's not the actual hilt. Yeah, because if we look at too. the scissor part, they're really come extensions of his fingers. I saw some handles there. Yeah, though. I know, but I mean, so like like one of the scissors is from like thumb to index finger yeah. or something like that. So I mean, they're almost like extension of fingers. So that's what I'm thinking of as little okay. lightsaber fingers. And so if you have them off, you then you just got stumps. If you open it, you can't really hold anything because remember, lightsabers cut through everything. Well, where does the lightsaber start then? Show me on my hand. Show me where it hurts. So the lightsabers are all going to start right here. Okay. Well, either that or they all start right here and just come out in different directions. I don't know. You could work in a lot you of have restaurants to ask Stanley doing and that. Jack Kirby. Yeah, you could cut bread with that. <laughs> all right, what's your next one? Okay, this is my last one because yeah. we did tough five, right? Right. So you're going to say this one's actually kind of handy. No, it's fine because my last one is actually the first one in my next list because it's, <laughs> it's both uh, ridiculous and it would be handy. Okay, so Edward Ladyfingers. <laughs> What does that even mean? Okay, you know those chocolate lady fingers? Oh, okay. That, they're really I good. I thought we were going to be like orange. Here. No, no, We were no. about to get called out. No, no. It's, you know, the chocolate little... Mm -hmm. That's what mom always Is called them. The lady fingers. No, well, Cadbury fingers. But, no, you're good. I like that, though. Um, I, I don't know if it... Well, it'd be a hindrance because they'd be melting. You get chocolate I know, everywhere. I know. I, you just wouldn't be able to... You'd have to live in, like, Alaska, so it would never Well, melt. she does live in Alaska, actually. Who does? Uh, Edward Lady Fingers. Edward, okay. Well, you're like, well, conveniently enough. Yes. She yes. actually does live in the Arctic uh, or, or Circle. He, so. We keep on saying she because right. the lady... It's confusing us. So, But yes, Edward Lady Fingers lives in Alaska, but, like, in she a cave. She would make a mess. In a cave. She would make a... Yeah, but you can't have a cave because that's where you have a fire he not eats, be He doesn't melty. eat. He doesn't eat or he drink. Um, <laughs> mine's pretty close to yours because it would make a mess. Okay. It's Edward Hot Sauce Hands. What, hot sauce? Hot sauce hands. Because oh, think, I don't know. That you could never, good. You could never like rub, like scratch an itch because then your skin would start this burning. This is true. You can never like scratch your eye or whatever because you get hot sauce everywhere and you'd yeah. start burning everywhere. But I have it at the beginning of my handy list because you'd have hot sauce All anytime time. you want it. And, All the time. And I need hot sauce I because hot sauce. like ketchup, I can't have that anymore. I can't have most no. of these because I just can't <laughs> taste them anymore. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Oh. But I need hot sauce to be able to taste back, stuff. So. It's like, you know, the miners back in the day. Yeah. They used to eat crazy, crazy hot, hot, hot stuff yeah. because being in the mine, yeah. it would destroy all that stuff yeah. and they wouldn't be able to taste it. And like, like Hillary, I learned that from Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. And like Hillary Clinton, <laughs> she keeps a bottle of hot sauce whoa, whoa, in her whoa. purse. Let's not get, let's not get she crazy She keeps here. a bottle of hot Does sauce she? in her purse. She yeah, says but this. They're from like Arkansas, right? Well, I know yes. Bill is. Yeah. I don't know if she is or whatever. You know, the South, they, we like our hot sauce. I can tell you where stuff. she's from, but I don't think you want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't want to hear it. Not to be political or anything. I just really don't care. Yeah, but she keeps hot sauce in her purse. Um, That's what she said. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would. If I had a purse, I'd keep, you know, some Cholula or... Or, you carry uh, a backpack sometimes. Yeah, and but I mean, I keep hot sauce at work, so yeah. it's fine. Okay, getting under our handy list, I'll go first since I already said it, but yeah. it's uh, the Edward so Hot Sauce hands because, okay. yeah, that would suck, but also you would always be able to put hot sauce in your food. So that's my first of the handy. What's your handy? Um... 
useful universal remote Edward oh. universal remote hands. Edward remote hands. Yes. Okay, so tell me about the pros and cons of that. Well, with the pros, you would never lose the remote, and that is the most frustrating thing in my life, I feel like, because my wife even accuses me, you know, every time anybody's looking for the remote, she says, it's in Andrew's pocket, in Drew's pocket. That's funny. because guess the, where it is? Yeah. It's always in my pocket. When and I walk it, around the house, I have the Roku. I have yeah, the Roku. Me too. Not the Universal, but the, yeah, the Roku. No, no, I have the Roku remote in my pocket. I think it's we're afraid of that the kids are going to take it and try yeah. to put on something else. <laughs> something stupid. So we just like, and then instead of, I mean, because yeah, we'll come back in and be like, give me the remote and they'll give it back to you. <laughs> yeah. But now you got to go switch it back to what you were but, on. But sometimes you say, give me the remote and they're like. Oh, I don't know where it's at, you know. Yeah. But see, you would never lose it, and you could, you have know. You nowadays we have the little pagers on it with yeah. the remote in our kitchen because we're always losing them. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw that actually. Yeah, so so we actually can page our remotes because we're always losing them. <laughs> it's very frustrating when you do. So yeah, um, my my second one is Edward Swiss Army hands. I think that's just a kind of a that's a give that's a give yeah, that's a gimme. But I went ahead and took it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Edward Swiss Army hands. You'd have everything you need, but you run into the problem again of hey can you help me hey can you help me with this you yeah. know you have all these tools on your hands or some you know government chasing you down because you don't get you, it you have you, all these tools on yeah. your hands <laughs> you're a big tool um yeah I'll so this after that um okay so what's your second one uh my second one is edward keychain hands how would that be helpful you would never lose your keys these that are all things true. that frustrate me that when i lose but whenever you're trying to do stuff You'd always be like, your keys would get in the way because they'd be attached to your No, because you would learn to be able to like whip it and grab something <laughs> if you need to real quick. Whip it with a key? <laughs> whip it good. <laughs> Edward Key. Okay. Yeah. No, you got to pick something up. You whip it And when your kids gave you awesome things for your key ring, yeah. you wouldn't have one little key ring no. that you have to fit no. 60 different things I would on ask to for or else you feel I would bad. ask for fingers, keychains. Finger chains? Yeah, finger chains. Finger chains. My next one is Edward Sanitizer Hands. Because in the world that we live nowadays, it's good to have some sanitizer and to have your actual hands be sanitizer. You never have to wash your hands because if you touch something dirty, you could just stop touching it and you'd already be sanitized because your hands True, would be sanitized. But our body can't create sanitizer, so how but would you But in replenish? this case, it would. Oh, okay. In this case, the hands would be sanitizer hands. And so they'd probably always be dripping and that would suck. You'd have to get like a bucket when you sleep or whatever. But I mean, at least like if somebody else is around and they're being nasty, you kind of just flick your hands at their face. Yeah, and get sanitizer all over, or in their eyes. If, or if like you're get, getting robbed, hey, you got some sanitizer. Yeah, or if you're getting robbed, you 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 know, right? You you you, you just spray some sanitizer in their face and run off. Yeah, you, you know? walk somebody, they walk by somebody that's 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 coughing or something. And you just yeah. r- rub your face real quick. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, what's your next one after sanitizer? My next one is Edward, and this one's kind of easy one, but Edward's cell phone hands. Mine's close. Yeah, but uh, Edward's cell phone hands, so you I can mean, always you control ma- everything and find out anything you want to in the palm of your. Okay, well, you so you have would have palm. two different hands or whatever. Yeah, the palm of your phone. So okay, so you wouldn't actually have any uh, phalanges. You, no, no, you wouldn't have any. Uh, the reason it's useful phalanges. is you can literally pay somebody to f- feed you nowadays. What do you mean? Like you don't even have to go grocery shopping. You just get on your phone. Yeah, go- but we could do that now. It's in your pocket already. Yeah, but if you're having it in your hands, you don't lose it okay, again. But if both your hands are cell phones, you, how are you going to type? Do you notice where I'm going with this? A universal remote. But I how are you going to type? Time. How are you going to type? You don't need to. 
You just do it through your hands. <laughs> yeah, but how are you going to actually... It, it's, it's hooked up oh, to your so mind. To your mind. <laughs> it's hooked up to your mind. Remember, we can so make rules So why don't you just have something in ones. your head to do it? I don't know. I, okay, Because so I want to see somebody. FaceTime somebody. Or, so, or No, no, it's not FaceTime. It's hand time. Yeah, it's, hand time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And get in the backhand would have yeah, a whole new uh, meaning. Get in the backhand. Mine, mine, the reason I said it was close was uh, it's Edward Charger hands. Because okay. you'd always have... It'd be universal charges. It could turn in or you would have every type of hookup... To charge anything, you whether it's a, a gaming console, even if it's like an Atari or something like that. We should make comic books over these characters, but not call them Edward. We because then be the, the post-credit podcast yes, team or something yes, like that. Yes, there we that. go. So, Edward, charge your hands. What's your last one? Um, I No, I got two more. Oh, okay. Uh, Edward, toothbrush hands. Toothbrush hands. Okay. You always need to well, they brush get kind of dirty sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you could constantly brush your teeth. Yeah, maybe they have replaceable heads. Yeah, they do now. Maybe you, maybe you just have the base of the toothbrush, yeah. and you actually you'd still have to go buy the toothbrush yeah. heads. But then you'd be walking around all day with that toothbrush, unless you took the head yeah. off. Yeah, but the morning you could work at the car wash. You could work at the dentist's office. You could even work at a massage parlor. Or but something. it wouldn't be handy for anybody else. But yeah, why not? Because you don't want anybody else, you don't want to brush anybody else's teeth with your fingers. Well, well people get paid to do that it's all disgusting. the time. What's your next one? My next one is. Is this your last one? Yes. Okay. Edward Forks and Knives Hands. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's you that kind of goes, that's pretty close to Swiss Army. You yeah. probably have the same thing. But yeah. You could do all, you could pick up stuff with those those fingers. You could pick up sticks. You could. Uh, my, I have Five, I do, six. I do have an honorable mention. Okay, let me get my last one. Oh, okay, my last yeah, yeah. one is Edward Taco Hands. Mm-hmm. And that's going along with the same premise as, as it always grows back. So you basically you have instant access to tacos anytime you want. You eat, and then you know the next day you have new tacos. This is the new only tacos. problem I have with that. I'll you're kill you're you. eating your hands. That's constantly. fine. You I'm know, okay. Th- with that, that would kind of creep me out a little. But bit. But if they're growing back, I mean, look, any of these, yeah, but any of these, okay, this is weird. That would creep you out, Andrew. <laughs> any of these not having hands would freak me out. But you're constantly eating your hands. Uh, what, what's the what most, if you want spaghetti one what's day? The most normal thing we have on here. Nothing. Scissor but, feet as hands. Yeah. <laughs> that would be weird. None of that. That's like a double <laughs> no no. All right. What's your honorable mention? Okay, my honorable mention is Edward Water Bottle. <laughs> With the water always replen- I don't know what it's replenish. on his other hand. He's just going to have a water bottle in one hand. Mm. Would it always like replenish? Yes. And he got the other hand cut off in a, a Jedi battle or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's get Are into the movie. Sure? I really enjoy that list. Come up with more of those. Okay. Because I, I, I like I'm, it to be a little bit funny. Well, you know, our list to be kind of funny. Let's you know? have you start doing that right. then. Every single time we got to have something different because- okay. I'm doing all that, and I was like, I, I don't want to come up with any more lists and stuff. I mean, I will have some lists every once in a yeah. while, but yeah, but yeah, I'll come up with more of that because that, that was fun. I think we did, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. There's some funny. Uh, real quick, before we get into anything, I want to shout out to Groundless, the uh, Justified podcast. They shouted us out in their last episode. Um, I had mentioned uh, that um, Sammy Tonin, who is in <clears throat> one of the episodes of the season they're currently uh, reviewing. Uh, he was actually in Ferris Bueller whenever uh, Ben Stein was calling the roll call, and he's like, you know, Adams, Adam Lee, and then he gets to somebody, and he has to repeat his name twice, and it's the guy who plays Sammy Tony. He's like, here! He's like, pissed okay. off about it. That's that's that guy. So anyways, I, I had mentioned that that guy was in there, um, and they shouted us out, and so I just want to uh, shout out to them as well. 
Um, they talk about Justified. It's the greatest crime show you've never watched. It is mm-hmm. uh, a crime show that's over now. It ran from like 2009 to 2015 or 16, something like that. Uh, but it's a very, very good show. Uh, if I were you, I would go watch it and maybe go listen to the show episode by episode so you can kind of follow it along or, uh, with them. They give really good commentary and really good information. Um, they even give good information about the time in which the episode came out so you can kind of get a good sense of, yeah. uh, you know, the climate of criminals and their thinking around that time <laughs> or whatever, yeah. whatever was going on in the world that that day. So. Uh, check them out, Groundless Pod on Twitter and pretty much every, every, anywhere else you can find a uh, podcast. Um, but today we're talking about Edward Scissorhands. Um, do you have any uh, behind-the-scenes stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, um, with uh, Vincent Price's role, he was attended. A, he, he was supposed to be have like a way bigger role, but then you know he had uh, what was it? He was sick. Emphysema when he and Parkinson's this. disease, you know, and and uh, he was sick when he filmed it, but he still yeah. agreed to it. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's once an actor always an actor kind of thing and not only that but i think the respect that um tim burton had for him and tim realizing that you know he was basically tim burton's idol yeah and johnny depp apparently cried when he read the script that's weird yeah but but you know i thought the cool thing is is because you know you kind of see it the the behind the scenes for it right Mm -hmm. or not the behind the scenes but the the scenes behind everybody <laughs> the uh background and everything it's it's so whimsical you know and and it was stated that the reason that is is because you're seeing everything through edward's eyes okay that is a note uh i wonder if i have it here that i wrote down that uh da, 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 da. hang on i want right. to say something real quick uh Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I put it in here somewhere. I I, I have to look at it, but um, I I felt like it it, it was from his perspective because um, we only ever see uh, things uh, that you know scenes that he's in or whatever. Yeah, because most of the time you you'll notice with this movie too is that a lot of the camera work was not on individual actors if it was it was from the side you know but a lot of the film like the camera always focused on edward you know basically in the entire film was always focused on him you would see you know they they did some close-up shots of some of the other actors and stuff but for the most part it was a lot of just close-ups of him and seeing his expressions his take on things you know and a lot of it was like if you saw some of the side characters from the side or from a different angle you know it wasn't center it didn't feel like anybody else was center in the movie yeah and johnny depp did a lot of uh studying on charlie chaplin and a bunch of silent movies because he needed to be able to express certain emotions or reactions or acknowledgements or whatever it is just through facial expressions and those actors did it best because they had to so he would go back to and i'm sure it was like and you pre- can see it too you can see him doing that yeah you know? and i'm sure some of it was like the precursor to like buster keaton stuff yeah. remember it when he was in um Benny and June. Um, he did a lot of research on Buster Keaton for that because remember he had that whole scene with mm-hmm. him in the park chasing his hat and everything. Yeah. The hat that was alive and, yeah. and, and running away from him. He did a lot of Buster Keaton research on that, but it reminds you a lot of that or Charlie Chaplin and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he probably got his first taste of all that doing this because he had to uh, research how to express that. 
But there are other reasons that I think that it's from his perspective too. But I want to wait until the very end to bring that up because it's just something I thought about. I haven't researched it. Maybe there's a theory on it out there. But I just want to see what you think about that. But before we get into it, or, or that, that theory or whatever, um, this, is, uh, this is commonly referred to as like the most uh, personal movie to tim burton that and, he's ever done and danny elfman too uh was it to danny elfman yes. i he was said it. this was his favorite movie that he scored oh okay i thought yeah. that was beetlejuice no maybe it was yeah, edward scissorhands because yeah. i know they had a pretty good theme i mean this this one was not as enigmatic as the beetlejuice theme but um i don't know i enjoyed it but uh it's very personal to tim burton and i think it's you know i mean obviously edward scissorhands is supposed to be tim burton yeah right um, the town, which is, uh, the town is actually called suburbia. Like there's not a town yeah. name for it, whatever. It's just called suburbia. <laughs> it's supposed to be representing something. So, um, all of that represents, it's supposed to be like Burbank because, uh, where Tim, Tim Burton's from. Yeah. So he actually grew up in Burbank, but they filmed this in Florida, but he said that this, this neighborhood looked a lot like his neighborhood and reminded uh. him a lot because all the houses were the yeah. same, even though they were different colors, they all looked the same. If you look at the cars, I think there's two different types of cars, but they're all those types of cars, just different colors. Yeah. Um, so there's no there's no individuality to it. Um, and Edward being in that castle, I think that was supposed to be Tim Burton. So the castle was rep- was supposed to represent Tim Burton's mind and like all the things that he would imagine and dream up and his imagination and everything. But it was kept that way because if he had if he had presented himself to the world um they would they would treat him like an outcast which is what happened to the uh the the in the movie you know if the neighborhood supposed to be uh is supposed to be burbank then what is the castle that goes above the the neighborhood uh, i was thinking maybe it's a place where burton would go to in his mind or or in his fantasy when he was a kid and so figuratively you know, the castle looms over suburbia while nobody really seems to notice. You know, nobody pays yeah. attention to it. And it looks like a huge blight because everything's dead on the on the stuff leading up to the castle and everything. Um, but it's like, it's real, uh, it, it's almost like it's ignored. It's completely different than the rest of the neighborhood, but they haven't, like, asked for it to be torn down or whatever, the, the castle or whatever. So I think Peg bringing Edward down is Burton finally exposing, is basically representative of Burton when he was younger finally exposing uh who he really is inside and how you know separate he feels from that suburban life you know he's like that that weird guy right that's just the best word for him a a weird personality or at least weird compared to the rest of these people it's him coming down as as him you know showing himself and his art to the world and and the film results in his fears uh of how he'll be rejected uh and run out of town for his vision you know that's what he felt like he he would be rejected and run out of town like edward was and so that's the reason i think that he says it's so personal i mean would you you agree with that or would you yeah. have a different assessment <clears throat> i think more so it, it, you, you see in all of burton's movies you know he's a master at his, at his craft you mm-hmm. know when it comes to his sceneries there's nobody like him right because he it, thinks horror is funny yeah yeah and and his scenery and all his movies are very dark very uh there's gothic. the gothic there's no brightness to to a lot of his films you know and but it's it's weird because Tim Burton has like it's like a chocolate covered uh whatever you know 
a nougat. I'm going to say you're going to say a turd. No, like chocolate covered nougat. nougat. So it, it's got the layer to it. You know what I mean? Where it's like you know it's dark on the outside, but then in, on the inside it's it's a uh, kind of a positive warmth. note or warmth to it. Yeah. You know, and and just like with Beetlejuice, you know, the relationship between uh, well, easy. Easy with the B word. The, the, the parents and, uh, or the ghost parents and Lydia, you know, uh-huh. it, it's that, that little center of light in the middle. And just like with Beetlejuice or with uh, Edward Scissorhands, you know, that little center of light is, you know, that family. So he makes like horror movies with heart. Yes, correct. <laughs> so correct. basically that's what it is. Whereas horror movies are meant to scare you. His, his, his horror movies are love letters to horror movies. Yeah, like yeah. I love horror movies and I love horror and the macabre in general. Yeah. And so, the uh, I'm going to put out a horror movie, but with heart, not meant to scare, yeah, maybe to creep, but you're meant to enjoy the darkness like Tim Burton yeah. does. He enjoys well, well, I mean, the darkness and the like, like Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, I mean, I know that's not all him. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but he had a heavy hand on it. You know, yeah. and it was the darkness surrounding it. But then you had this Jack the Skeleton. You know, who's who's kind of a bad guy but he brings you know joy to people in his own land you know kind of thing so it's kind of like the positive light there you know and 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 his girlfriend and everything you know they're like the positive life light in there but that's how he does you know it's it's you know horror movies scary movies with heart yeah you know yeah um another thing that i was gonna say is like uh the scissor hands are for burton like the expression of his inability to connect with others because of his weirdness yeah. or his autism because i think he had uh, a, a form of autism yeah I, I think it was on the spectrum i just don't know what it is but he felt that disconnect and what what's harder to connect with somebody i mean in even just looking at that picture of yeah. winona Ryder and johnny depp like he's not even embracing her yeah. he, he's just holding his hands out because he can't hug her yeah. and it's even a part in the movie you know she's like hold me and he brings up his hands he's like i can't away you know so i mean that's showing i that if i get close to somebody i may hurt them yeah and and if i get close to somebody in the suburban world i may Mm. hurt them because i'm weird yeah and it's exactly what happened they loved him so much because he was unique Mm -hmm. and then they tried to turn him into something that was not unique something that was like the rest of them yeah to where he wouldn't be unique anymore and when they couldn't do that then it was like okay well we can't you know they lost their control yeah and we got we got to talk about that too you know with with these these women the biddies yeah with these women out there it's just it goes to show that you know that suburban life you know i mean and it's obviously not like that anymore but you know that suburban life you know with the stay-at-home mother and and whatnot you know or and they would uh you know yeah, they take care of the things at home, but you know, what else do they have? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Except for each other in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so anything different, anything, you know, for anything, it's like they probably have the best uh crime watch in the entire planet. <laughs> well, I mean, like their whole neighborhood, I mean, their their town is basically the whole world. Yeah. My I've always seen Edward Scissorhands as the entire world. This all takes place in like a snow globe. Yeah. 
that's what it is. It's the Truman There's Show. There's nowhere else in the world. There's nothing else. I mean, this is a small little neighborhood that you can see from that castle. It has a downtown, you know, where the stores are mall. or whatever. <laughs> and that's it, the strip mall. You, yeah. you don't even get any context on no. where that place is. No, no, no. But then it's got its own he goes on the news and it's, yeah. he's just a part of this little neighborhood but just a random but because news. he's so popular in this little tiny neighborhood yeah. in these few streets he gets on the news and goes on this talk show yeah so it's like and, okay, and it's, it's kind of hard little world and it really is kind of hard to place the time period of this film in a way because it's got it's got stuff from you know the 60s the 60s, and 70s. 60s to 70s that even the 80s and a lot of the hairstyles up to the 90s, you know, it's got really kind of that. It, it's not it's an amalgamation of yeah, Tim Burton's life yes, growing up. Correct, correct. And and you could tell that that it's just it's a it's a you what is it a eclectic selection of different time periods and different things in those time periods down to the cars you know i mean i guarantee you the cars when they were showing all those cars pulling out of the driveway and stuff all at the same time no no person that knows everything about cars could probably guarantee you i could guarantee you they couldn't tell you what kind of car that was i couldn't tell you i don't know it's probably not cars. even a real car i i couldn't tell you about cars i i know i did look at them purposely because they're all pulling at the same time yeah I did look to see if they were all the same. There was I'm talking two in, types, yeah. but they were multiple version, multiple cars yeah. of those two types. So it, pretty much all the it, same car. To me, it kind of reminded me of a live version of Whoville, in a okay. way. Um, you want me to... The fantastical colors and, and things like that, you know, in, in a way. And then the, the fact that everything looked alike, you know, kind of in that sense. Yeah. And and this is like switched to where, you know, all the townspeople thought the mountain and the, the, the yeah. castle was scary. Mm -hmm. And what we find out, if you felt like I did, you were stressed when he went down to the neighborhood. But yeah. when he was back in his castle, I felt relaxed. Yeah. I felt much more relaxed because this is from his perspective. When we were at the castle it's scenes, even zone. when the one dude came up to go and try to kill him, mm -hmm. um, I still felt safe in the castle. Yeah. And Burton does that where like the warmth of the old man and all that yeah. kind of stuff, that's in the castle. Whereas all the little sniping at each other and backstabbing and back talking and all this kind of stuff happens out in the neighborhoods with yeah. all the little bitties. Well, it's even to the fact that, you know, you see the cop go only so far. You know, real cops obviously would go in there. Shoot in the sky. And, uh, straight up arrest the guy and put him in the back of the car, you know, but but it was kind of like it, it was a totally different world in his castle where he can't be touched, you know, and that that's he why. can't be affected, you know, I mean, and that, you know, in all reality, the mother's the only one that actually went in there, but well, besides uh, Lydia. Well, Lydia, Kim. <laughs> yeah, and the cop, he took a few steps in to shoot those shots off. But what I was shoot saying. Shoot your shot. You shoot your shot. Uh, the place is called Suburbia, which I think is Burton's own personal horror, is being in Suburbia, being mundane, being yeah. part of the, the wheel, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he wants to be completely opposite. He wants to be eclectic and unique and everything. Edward Scissorhands. So that's basically. why we feel like the true horror is out in the Suburbia, Brightland, and mm -hmm. we feel comfortable in the castle. Um, what I see is that. Um, this is a fan. Uh, it's obviously a fantasy. It's like a, a what do you call it? Not a tall tale, but kind of like Red Riding Hood or different things like that. Where uh, the details that could be considered potholes, they don't matter. Like, where did he get the big blocks of ice? 
It doesn't matter. I was going to point that out. Yeah, so it doesn't matter because that's not the Stop point. Stop doing that. And everything, because <laughs> this is a fantasy world, you know, with these people being, uh, you know, included in this one place, that's their whole world. This does not take place in America or even our planet or even this 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 existence. You it know, exists this in Tim Burton's mind. Right. This is a very Earth-like place with Earth-like people, um, but- it's a place where we're where making a human being out of parts is just as feasible as having one naturally and raising it. So you can make, because at the beginning, when when old lady, old Lydia, <laughs> old Kim is narrating, she's saying, you know, she they put parts inside of him. You know, they, they put a heart inside of him. They put a brain in, you know, he had a real brain. He had a real heart. So he has all these real things that everybody else does. But in this world... We the have to tell man. the kiddos that that's not how you make a human right, being. Just right, right. But the old man had figured it out. So when he gave him those hands, yeah, it looked like plastic. But that's just what those people are, you know. Plastic, Maybe be- before before they put the hands on, you know, when they put the hands on, then you get the blood pumping through them and stuff. But he just went through them because it's not real until it's attached. Hey, to check him or this whatever. theory out. So it's a fantastical world. Check this theory out. Where our our laws shouldn't uh, exist. What? Uh, check this theory out. Uh huh. What if that old man? Uh-huh. Okay, right. Uh-huh. This was his little playground. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, the whole neighborhood? Yes. Could be. He created all the normal human beings. You know, and, the, and, it might go along with the point that I'm making that the old man uh, had a huge lifespan, and he actually lived for hundreds of years. Yeah. And when he was building Tim Burton, uh-huh. none of those people in the town were even you born said when you're building Tim Burton. Or when he was building <laughs> Edward thing, Scissorhands. Right? Same when he, thing. Yeah, exactly. When he was building Tim slash Edward. Yeah. You know, all those people hadn't even existed yet. Maybe they, they maybe he finished, finished, or or he died hundreds of years ago because Edward is pro- obviously immortal too because Kim's yeah. old lady and yeah. he still looks the same. Yeah, but you know, think about this, right? He, this was some omni-god, you know, not true, obviously not the god, but omni-god, okay? Mm-hmm. Lowercase g. Yes, lowercase g. Created this this universe, right? To kind of, you know, portray his his light side, in it, let's say. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. the good side of him, the good things about him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then he created Edward for the bad parts of him and for the bad side of him, you know, to kind of release that because, you know, once he finished Edward, he died. Right. Right. So in well, a way, in a way he, he created everyone. I gave. I what I imagined is that he gave Edward his immortality. Yeah. And that's why he ended up as soon as right. he had his immortality and was just about done. Then his clock started ticking. Yeah. And he eventually had a heart attack exactly. and died because he was so old. That could be true. This could all be a fantasy tellings by some elderly elderly woman, Kim. Yeah. Telling her granddaughter when she's older. Yeah. Of you know, a folk story of why it snows. Why yeah. does it snow, Grandma? Well, let me tell you the story exactly of old Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. You know, you know, like they used to do back in the day of like how Paul, how Bu- the, Paul Bunyan. Um, how the sun would go through the yeah. sky being pulled by a chariot or something yeah. like that instead of just the world rotating yeah. like we know or whatever. Paul Bunyan with his big gigantic exactly. blue Exactly. So steer. a way to explain the natural things in this world. Why does it snow? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about the story of Edward Scissorhands. He's the reason why it snows. Yeah. And so you could take it that way. It could be. Yeah. There's many different different ways you could do it but attacking the story we open up with the elderly kim telling her granddaughter about uh this this guy named edward who had scissors uh for hands the way she said scissors as an old lady it's weird scissors well she, that's she, she says it like scissors i guess it would have to start with scissors scissors well 
there are all kinds of scissors. And, and once, there was even a man who had scissors for hands. A man? Yes. Hands? Scissors? No, scissor hands. She when she portrays that maybe that's when that's her old person voice. It could be. It's it, I I think they did okay with the makeup for it being the year it was. Uh, her acting like an old lady. She just she put it on a little too thick. I think she did just a little bit. But that's just me. Um, so uh, we get introduced by uh, uh, we get introduced to. But really, is that the most ridiculous thing in this film though? No, 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 no. That's why that, <laughs> this is my point. It, it, it made me laugh. But, no, no. I just uh, I think it's funny that we're commenting on something small like that when when literally the whole movie is very ridiculous. Right, right. So uh, the this inventor he creates Edward, uh, but he has a heart attack and dies before being able to complete uh, Edward by giving him real hands. And you know, basically leaving him permanently unfinished because obviously nobody else can do it. Because did he have a colonoscopy Price, appointment? Is that Jonathan what stopped Price. him from just not doing the hands, like creating the whole body? But here's this, this is what was going to be my next question. Oh, okay. Is why even put scissor hands? What what is the purpose of having scissors for hands? And, and watching the the beginning of the movie before you actually really find out everything, right? It's like. I mean, put sticks on him. That's what, or Give robot him, hands. Yeah. Those robots that were creating things, they had little robot yeah, hands. Why yeah. couldn't he just have robot hands? Yeah. And that's, this is a plot. These are plot holes. But it's so. not a plot hole. Because I like is. I said, it's, it's the, it's a, it's a fantasy world and it's supposed to be that way because it keeps Edward at a distance from everybody. Yeah. And that's what Tim Burton's point is. Is like, look, I have to figure out some kind of a physical um, representation of yeah. how I feel internally, not being able to connect with anybody or else I might hurt them or push them away or drive them away or whatever, because the real me would horrify somebody, yeah. you know? So he had to <clears throat> figure out something like that. And you know, the, uh, the Wikipedia says many years later, I think it says that in the, the movie, I think it says something like years later or whatever, mm -hmm. but this could be hundreds of years later because like yeah. you said, Edward's obviously immortal. Which would make him and Kim get together be a little weird now. Or besides the fact that what they portray is he's not actually a human being. So, you know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But uh, I, like I said, maybe I, she I likes don't dolls. let me forget to tell you my theory that I don't necessarily believe, but I think is interesting. Okay. Um, so uh, Peg, Peg Boggs. Uh, played by the amazing Diane Weist, who we've talked about about Lost Boys while we were on here before. It's Weist. It's W-I-E-S-T. Oh, for some reason I thought it was always... Uh, West? West. No, yeah. there's a, there's an I in there. It's Diane Weist. Remember back in the day, like the 90s, right? Like Avon was so big. I didn't know that. Really? I, I know our mom started doing it later, no, much, I, much later. It was that in Tupperware. Well, I remember Tupperware was a thing, and I remember that too because Napoleon Dynamite brought that back. Which well, was I, awesome. Yeah, but I remember mom having all the different <laughs> types of Rico selling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got the two cups, and he puts it over oh my. her chest, and the husband comes in. He's like, Bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei. Okay. Now I'm going to give you one chance. One chance, people. Give me your best shot. All right, that was pretty good. Okay, now watch this, everybody. Grab my arm, the other arm, my other arm. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, he remember when he tells the, uh, Napoleon's brother, he's like, watch, <laughs> I'm going to send it across the field. He nails Napoleon. 
You <laughs> straight up nailed Tina, them. come get your freaking dinner. You bet. You better cut that in. I should. Um, so anyway, she's selling Avon, you know, Avon calling and all this kind of stuff. So nobody wants anything to do with her. That's a pyramid scheme. Uh, and people never I don't picked know up it is on or not. that. I don't want to, I don't want to state that. You as literally have people working under you. Then you hire other people working under you and so on and so forth. Well, maybe, but remember she got the head of the company to talk to her and you don't often get that. In <laughs> not that I don't think it's the company is just of her group head of the company. She said <laughs> she's always admired her. That's why you're the head of the company. Um, so anyway, so she just sitting there, and suddenly she turns her mirrors, looks at the castle, and says, "Oh yeah, that decrepit place that we've never seen anybody living. That's where I'm going to find my clients." Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Well, think about Either it. That, I mean, or she looks and like whoever lives in there probably needs some makeup. She knows every person in the neighborhood, and she's probably talked to every single person. Even that one girl's like, "Didn't you come back here like two days ago or something?" You know. Yeah. And so that's the thing. So she was like, you know. Let's let's spread out the the business here, and, and you know she goes and looks the business, and and for some reason, she does go up there, right? Mm-hmm. Tries to sell him Avon. Nobody apparently nobody else has ever gone up there, like you know, it's, like you think even high school kids would like high school camping kids, in the mountain. Why don't you go camp up on the castle? Or, or cops or banks or whatever to go see if you know somebody lives there still. I mean, yeah. you still got to pay property taxes every year. Yeah, and this is the, uh, another thing why you know you have different theories of why and all that kind of that, stuff. Which we and that was uh, that was the post credits podcast. Is uh, you can say the Rachel moment. Yes, it wasn't Rachel. I, moment. I'm sure we're gonna have better okay. instances of the Rachel. Well, this moment is the here, first time. Yeah, that if only. that's one of those things. But remember, the whole point is not we're not talking typical human behavior as yeah. we know it. Yeah. So they naturally have a fear, whether mm-hmm. it's been put in them from a creator or whatever just don't go up there i don't know how's this not like the grinch if you think about it well in the grinch they go up there and mess with them one girl does no remember the teenage kids that went up there the girl's brother and his friend yeah they're like hey go knock on the grinch's door that's in the movie though but then they hear that and they're like oh they run away and it's just a dog with a horn that's in the jim curry the original one it's jim curry movie but also in that movie it all takes place on a snowflake so who knows well exactly how do we know this doesn't take place on a sand grain or a snowflake yeah or so um anyways um so uh, basically, she brings him home. Uh, I was like, you can't be living up here. I guess he looks maybe 17, 18, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, about Johnny Depp's crybaby years, you know, about <laughs> around around that time. That's that's kind of what he looks like. Um, such a weird... I like that movie for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't remember it. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember it. It's it's bad, but it's kind of one of those ones where you're like, I've heard it's, it's bad, bad, but it's a little around. ridiculous. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she introduced it to everybody, but here's the point I want to make. So this is a mom figure for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really connect with the dad because, you know, Alan Arkin, he just plays <laughs> kind of like the typical suburban husband where they don't really care much about what's going on. And don't home. pay attention to anything They just go to their him. job, and when they're home, they just want to listen to baseball, and that's it. So, Such a depressing life, I think, in my It is. Opinion. It is. I mean, we, we enjoy our suburban quiet yes. life, but we like to do things with our family. Oh, absolutely. So... Um, but you know, I wanted to make the point here, John, uh, Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, when he was younger, he, he uh, and pretty much his whole life, even when they passed, he never had a real close relationship with his parents, mm-hmm. and it could have been because he felt so disconnected from everybody. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know that I had read that he didn't have a very good connection, but 
you don't hear a ton of him in the new about him in the news like his personal life you know mm. you you never really did you know because again i'm it, sure he keeps a lot of it pretty private he's probably one of, like the king of the introverts really you know what i mean you know he well, I mean, didn't sense, he basically start gothic trends yeah, yeah basically i mean was there goth you know because not you, really remember in high school you yeah know, you'd have your goth groups and you have that subgenre, that culture of people out there that enjoy yeah. the gothic lifestyle. Did we really have? Nope. I mean, I know we had like the old school movies, the Dracula and everything, but I don't think any. But we really had. A, at least it wasn't a big culture like you do until yeah. after these movies. But in Twilight, so she's kind of like a mom to him, and she's a loving mom. You know, something that he always wanted uh, as, as a parent figure that accepted him for who he was said it was okay for him to be who he was and everything. And his father loved him and and loved who he was too. You know, his father loved what he had made yeah. and how Edward was. Um, and, and it's cool because Tim Burton used to escape that life to go to the theater and watch movies with Vincent Price in it. Yeah. And then, and so it kind of like... It inspired him. Homage. Vincent Price made Tim Burton who he is as a filmmaker and an artist because he inspired him so much. So to have Vincent Price be the one who actually makes Edward Scissorhands, you can't get really more meta. Did he do Ed Wood too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, Ed Wood and Johnny Depp did that as well, which we need to talk about too because I've, I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah. So. Um, just that that cool symbolism, like Ed, or, okay, I Ed <laughs> Vincent Eddie. Price. Eddie. Vincent Price helped to basically make Tim Burton who he is, and in this movie, he actually make made Edward who he is, who yeah. is uh, you know supposed to be Tim Burton. Yeah. So I see what you did there, Tim Burton. And, and yeah, and then the mother as well getting in there, but then he also you know he wanted to feel love, yeah, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so he he gets back, and you you get the sense that as soon as he sees. Winona Ryder's picture or Kim's picture, he immediately falls in love with her, right? Yeah. I mean, it's real slow motion. In his version and of that. And creepy how he, it's like kind of zooms in on the couple. <laughs> like, like you just like, you're trying not to see the boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you know, she is dating somebody. It is like, but it's like so romantic because it's zooming in and you're just trying and you're kind of like, you're putting your, your hand up to your face like this so you don't have to see the boyfriend. <laughs> you're just looking at Winona. And then it, Hands over to a picture of just her, and then it's, yeah. then it's normal or whatever. Well, but. it's funny because like Winona Ryder's like that too, but also uh, who played Aunt May in the um, new ones? Was the Ant Man? No, Aunt May. In the oh, new Aunt May. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Um, my cousin Vinny. Uh, yeah, Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> she owe me a coke. <laughs> but you know, like like Jennifer Aniston, you know these women that you know, no matter how old they get, I mean, they they stay still looking beautiful you know what i mean and 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 winona ryder it just she's played so many like younger roles and then i mean granted she was actually older than us when she played these roles so it's not creepy just yeah but in beetlejuice she was only like 16 17 yeah but we were like even been like 15 when they started we were like eight (laughs) so it doesn't count (laughs) but you know i it's just it's one of those things where you know his casting he cast a lot of the same people, right? But they all played against type in this movie. They did, but they did in a way, but they didn't because you see, you see her character, Winona Ryder's character, develop throughout this film. You know, she starts as kind of like when you when you or, or our perception of her develops throughout this film. So yeah, when you I first just see meant her, like their type, yeah, yeah. But you see her at the beginning, you know, and it's she's a, this type of way you know she's kind of stuck up in, in, in yeah, a way she 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 is not unhappy at all no when you when you first see him she's laughing she's having a good time typically when you see this movie 
where you have somebody unique coming along, an out-of-towner yeah, yeah. coming along. They mess up a relationship, but she's already the person, whoever it is, she's unhappy, already unhappy because she knows her boyfriend's yeah. a dick and she doesn't like it. But we, In this movie, she doesn't care that he's it, a dick. But, and, and Tim Burton's very too. good at, at, at changing your perception of characters in films. Yeah. Uh, for instance, you know, even with Beetlejuice. That's what I'm saying. Usually we, we, we are introduced and like the what's supposed to be darker characters right in Beetlejuice it was the ghost and yeah. these other people yeah and, yeah. and you, you know you get your first you know oh, Jack Nicholson in, yep. in Batman we yep. stuck with him most of the time and he uh-huh. was the villain right. and even then you know he doesn't feel like a villain you know Jack Nicholson didn't really he felt he was the Joker but you know you you enjoyed also, his villainy with and, him and you felt bad for him at times you know in, yeah. in a weird way you know you're like okay he is the way he is because of this and, yeah, and you know and everything. yeah and, and instead and, of him just being a psychopath like really the Joker's supposed to Right, right, and then yeah, and, and same thing with you know Edward Scissorhands. You know, you get your first glimpse of Johnny Depp, and you know you automatically go to okay, this is sort of an evil being or you know bad guy sort of. But then it progresses, and then you see him, you know, reach a peak of of goodness, and you know where you know think he's going to change yeah. into flowery it, dress or it doesn't something. Change the character. What you're saying is it doesn't change the character from beginning to end. It's like not like that, but it changes your perception. Whereas perception, at the beginning. Yes. You're just like, oh, but by the end, you're like, dark and um, and weird doesn't mean bad. Right, right. So it's like, like it's like what did uh, Alan Grant say in Jurassic Park? These aren't monsters, they're animals. Yes, yeah. It's kind of like that, like Tim Burton trying to explain the dark and macabre. is like, look, yeah. dark and macabre doesn't always mean evil. And he does that so well. It doesn't always mean evil. It's yeah. just different. And yeah. by the end of it, you're like, I like this dark and weird. Yeah, and he does so it, you're, does you're it right, so yeah. well where it's it's... Yeah, he might do some jump scenes, you know, some jump scare scenes type in his films, but all in all, you like you're going into thinking it's a scary movie, but then you get a different perception of the characters and the film itself of what kind of movie it really is at by the end of the movie. Right. You know, and, and Tim Burton does it brilliantly, you know, changing your perception. Hey, of you, things. you got it this time. I know I did. <laughs> There's been like two or three episodes. Hey, I'm proud of myself. Took a little bit to get the brilliant. brilliant it, it's a it's a weird word. It is. So, um Let's see. Uh, Bloody brilliant. Yeah, and to tack on to what you said, this is what this is what makes Tim Burton's whimsical horror work, whereas other would fail with it, right? Yeah. Tim Burton, he presents the world with things that are familiar from our world, yeah. so it feels like our world. Yeah. So you have the neighborhood, you have the cars and all that kind of stuff, but if this is all taking place in like a snow globe or something weird like that, yeah. its own little universe that looks a lot like Earth and uh, the world as we know it, but it's something completely different where the laws of, of uh, uh, laws of the universe are completely different and you can make humans out of yeah. rubber and machinery yeah. and everything. Again, changing perception right. of, of what a film is supposed to be like or your perception of it going into it. Yeah, so it feels like our world, but that's only for the familiarity to make you feel comfortable watching it. And then it creates a whole new set of rules and different and dif, dif, definition of normalcy for this world that by the end you accept and you say, okay, yeah. you know, and you accept without going, well, that's weird and everything. Like a lot of people, when they're trying to do a lot of filmmakers, when they're trying to have their own little unique twist, it doesn't come across all the time or it requires explanation. Tim Burton movies never required explanation. You understood yeah. that he was a gothic dark guy and, and enjoyed those type that type of art. And you you got into that world, and pretty much most of his movies are movies that aren't really set in our world. Yeah, they're all encapsulated in their own little snow globe, you know, uh, set pieces or. Whatever. And that's why he was perfect 
to do Batman. Yeah. You know, because it again, you know, you have your idea of these villains and stuff from the comic books. It's the only recreation of Batman to the silver screen that didn't make didn't really follow canon so much but yet gave you a different look or different, you know, change your perception of Batman and change your perception of the Joker and the Penguin. Because before that, you had Adam West. Yes. And, and, and just corniness. So Burton brought it out of campy, uh, that's that's silly kid superhero stuff. To, yeah. Oh, you know, adults yes. can like this too. And it allows, it goes along with what we were just talking about with the rest of his movie. It allows the viewer to suspend, you know, the appropriate amount of disbelief to accept the weirdness as charm. Exactly. As this is Tim Burton's charm yeah. and everything because before superhero movies are commonplace nowadays. Yeah. Back then, a dude that dressed up like a bat to fight crime, that only works in the comic books or in campy mm -hmm. TV shows. And you know how many people he introduced to Batman yeah. because of those films that he created. Yeah. And he he just he and it could have been so bad. Yeah, and he's he's Back like then. the king of of the dark hero. In a way, you know, Burton is really, the and he's the reason we have superhero movies as we do now. Right, right. But the king of dark heroes, like Batman, is Sweeney Todd's. You know, it's whatever. It kind of is. He's an anti-hero. Anti-hero, but yeah, he you does know, bad things. But. You know, Beetlejuice. Uh, you know, Edward Scissorhands. You know, the king of the dark hero. You know, the the uh, the the guy that uh, always gets Whereas a lot of Spielberg crap. Champions, say, a good hero. Correct. This one, an happy-go-lucky. Yeah. This one is a dark hero and everything. Yeah. And it's usually Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he plays the role so well, you know, and we mentioned it before, you know, when he comes out in, you know, Nightmare, he's kind of the jockey, artistic type character, you know, and that type of actor. And, you know, he's a teen heartthrob or whatever you want to call him, you know, that kind of thing when he comes out. But then he gets thrown into Burton films, which I personally believe Burton molded him into the type of actor he is now. Sure. Now, maybe not mold, but yeah, it was part of that whole process. Like, definitely had enough influence on him. Like, where Johnny and the whole audience, really, movie-going audience, is like, you will work really good in these movies. And he's like, yeah. shit, it's a good paycheck. Winona Ryder. A great movie. Sure, why not? So Helena I mean, Bottom be, Carter. But that's the point of what you were just saying of how he was back then. That's yeah. why I was saying that they all played, you know, like the three main leads, I guess you would say, play against type. You have Johnny Depp, who was like the leading man. He was in Crybaby and mm -hmm. 21 Jump Street. Uh, 21 Jump Street, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He was a real pretty boy, yeah. you know, leading man looking guy. And they brought him in to do this 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 gothic person, which I think they want. Who do they want? I think the studio wanted Tom Cruise and because he was everybody. Hot shit at that do, time. do you know that they do it's that a lot? Studios, because it's a draw for money. Yeah. And, you know, he'd done Top Gun and all this other stuff. It's just a draw for money. Oh, he was it was offered to uh, Gary Oldman first okay i could see that yeah and i could see that uh and oh and it was somebody else and i i think the, the, but you know and they went through all the usual yeah like i could see that though i really could like see that. that i could see it but I, as johnny depp i mean you can i just can't yeah. picture edward scissorhands it's not johnny depp but yeah. going through this part real quick uh, you know, all the biddies, you know, see somebody in a car with, with, uh, what does biddies mean? Why do you keep saying just biddies? little bitchy, oh. uh, uh, you know, housewife you folks kept saying that, it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like have to, uh, have to police the neighborhood and just yeah. talk about it. Just all they want to do is gossip, gossip, gossip. And you know, all we that. would call and them I, Karen's now, I say nowadays, this, right? Yeah. And I say this, the wives and stuff like that. That's typically how it was shown in this movie and how it used to be back in the day. I understand there's 
much less sexist nowadays or whatever. But you still have people that just sit there and and I don't care if they're a guy or girls, I'll call them biddies. Yeah. Little people that bitch and gossip about stuff. But nowadays they're called Karens, right? Yeah. Well, Karens just you know they they're self entitled. They think they no uh, offense to Karens out there. Them. No offense to Karens. <laughs> no, them. I mean women called Karen and oh yeah not yeah Karens. no offense to actual uh, people named Karen. Um, so basically, they're, they're they they don't care about uh, Peg. They don't want anything to do with her because she's selling her stuff. But they only care about her because she's got somebody yeah. uh, that she's bringing home. So she brings him home. Everybody wants to know who the uh, who he is. They have a barbecue. They don't care that he's gothic. They're just like, oh, he's something new to talk about, something to entertain our lives for now, to get us out of the boring stuff we usually gossip about. Can I ask you a question what? on that real quick, so we don't get off that? <laughs> do you think that Peg? Was Peggy Sue got married? Yeah, she. I think she did. Um, do you think she? What's the percentage you think that she actually cared about Edward compared to cared about the biddies? That when you say she, who are you talking? Uh, about? Uh, what's Peg? Peg? Uh, yeah, D- Diane Weist. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? What's the percentage? Do you think that she actually cared about Edward and his his well being? Or that she cared about, she was getting attention from the other biddies in the neighborhood. No, ninety. Uh, I, I would even say ninety-nine. One hundred percent. She wanted Edward. She wanted. She didn't want to leave Edward up in this creepy castle by himself. Yeah, but the looks that she was she was had on her face when, you know, the girls were over there I getting will their say haircut it and brought stuff. Things to her that she wanted. It brought people. You know, it gave her. First of all, it gave her somebody to start practicing makeup on yeah you know which yeah. she needed to do because you saw obviously she sucks at it yeah she may be a good salesperson but she sucks at what she's trying i don't to think she's even the best salesperson I, I don't know yeah she's obviously not doing very well there but she's trying to do something you know and so she's she has to work but i think really getting him out that was one thing once she got home maybe she realized there was a bit more to it but again remember all the things that happened yeah they weren't his fault but it was a lot of stuff. I mean, like yeah. the, you know, he cut up the drapes when he got mad. He cut up the wallpaper in the bathroom when he got mad. You know, these uh, some of the other things were accidents. But he was still tearing up the house when he got pissed and everything. And you know, they're like they were constantly trying to, are you are you okay? He cut up he cut Kim and he cut up uh, her brother's face and everything. And they were still like, oh, he's fine. Are you okay, Edward? We just want you to be okay. So, I think that she enjoyed. Not meaning to. I think she's well above the other biddies. You know, she's she's obviously not a little uh, pissant, little gossiping person. I think she exists outside that group. Can I tell you why I disagree with you? Not a gossiper person. Why? It's near the end when she basically says, oh, it's better for him to be up there with himself. <clears throat> you know, at the, when she's talking to Because uh, she was to worried Lydia. about Edward. Because Edward was being changed by these people. He was being, at the end, he was basically Frankenstein running from yeah. a mob of angry pitchfork. That's probably the best description of this film. It's it, the fact that it or Hunchback Frank- of Notre Dame yeah. or something like yeah. that. Something that that all people were interested at first, and then they were scared of. Yeah, because he wouldn't conform like the rest of them. I were. like that, and I think that Diane Weist, her, her peg, I think that she did enjoy some of it. She didn't let herself be overcome by it, but she did kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of attention now, which is, but I think she only wanted the attention for her sales. I, that's why, okay, I'll give you that, yeah. but I'm going to say it's about a 75-25% split. Huh. I think I, 75% she did carry about him, but that other 25%, I felt like that she 
she loved the attention, the positive attention that she was getting. And again, you know, you see her, even her character, the way that Tim Burton changed your perception of her. You she know, was and, very naive. And, and very naive. She started out very naive. And so I don't think she understood all the, the little backbiting and squabbling that the women would do. Because when he mentioned at the, the dinner table, you know, like, oh, you know, she showed me the new spot where we could have the store and Peg could sell uh, uh, makeup. And she said, oh, that's amazing. She's like, He's like, yeah. And then she showed me the back room where she took all her clothes off and yeah. stuff. Well, I know the writer kind of reacted to it, but she, uh, Peg was kind of like, like, what, <laughs> like, like, just completely shocked. Whereas some of these other, as the father was, didn't even know. Did he even mention it? Or he goes, he... "Oh yeah, that's great, Edward." Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he just ignored it because he ignores everything. But, but the the wife was kind of like just shocked, like she couldn't believe it. But if she had said he had said that to some of the other girls, they kind of like would have looked at each other like, ah, "Yeah, you know what?" But she was like, "She did," you know, like she was shocked by this behavior. I just feel like Peg, and this is just my opinion, but I just feel like Peg was outside of all that, like. Maybe she was trying to become one of those, or at least trying to become uh, in the group where she mattered. Yeah. Um, but she was just so innocent and just kind of shocked by the things that these other girls would just gossip about. Yeah. That I don't know. She, you know, it felt like they were all friends with each other and calling each other and stuff. But when she come to it, I don't want anything from you, you know. But uh, here, let's push through this. Okay. So we can get through some of it. Um, he, he meets everybody, uh, you know, they go through all the stuff. Kim's away at camping, but she comes back, um, and she's having a good time with her boyfriend. They get along. She's laughing with him. But when she says goodbye to him, it, it's like a close-up of his face as she walks off camera, and uh, he's like, all right, see you later, but he's like kind of just staring at her. Like, yeah. he looks at her like very predatorial, like... Uh, like something he hungers for and is all his and nobody else's. Like an animal. Like, like he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you. And, she, and he, she takes off and he just stares. He's like, and then he gets back in the van. It's like, like they're not having any problems right now, right? We've just been introduced to them. They're fine. They're getting along well. But he just looks at her just like, he's almost just like, oh, you know, she's like, all like a, and everything. Yeah, like so, a new lioness to the den. Exactly. Like, or something, you know, just something that's his to devour or something that's all his and nobody else's. And so very good acting by, yeah. by Anthony Michael Hall, who before this was... He's a phenomenal actor. No matter what, intimidating would not be used. No, no, a, a, within a mile of describing this guy, and in this one, he's not really that big, but he's got. I mean, the the his intensity is crazy. Yeah, like that's enough to where you and I were talking about it. Like he was a big. He got to be a big guy. He's yeah. not, and even now you look at him, he's not. Yeah. In our perception, it was because he was so intimidating. He did such a good job of breaking that, what we were used to, him being the nerdy guy and becoming this intimidating guy. Did, did you remember him in uh, Community? Uh, no, I remember him in Psych. Yeah. Uh, what did he do in Community? He was a jock, and uh, he, he was um, making, or he was like oh, an arch enemy yeah. of, of Joel Hand, uh, Joel Joel's character. And he was a jock guy that, that they ended up having a fight in the in the quarry of the college. That's right. And and uh, you know Joel and his gang, you know, they ended up winning and things like that. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. Shirley, it was a full on fight. Yeah. Shirley yeah, swinging her bag. Yeah yeah. 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 I got that confused with the 
the teens that would come in and just go, yeah, I they, didn't, they didn't know how to like combat I that. They're like, like, okay, the, weirdo. And they're like, okay, weirdo. I think that's like before. You know what? That might be the same episode. No, it's not because they, they concentrated that's solely right. on those that's kids. Right. But yeah, but it might have been like the episode after or before that one. Yeah. Like I, I associate it as well, you know, because yeah. I did it the same, same thing. But, you know, the, what's great with my Anthony Michael Hall, I mean, Look at the movies and the TV show. Even he he was in uh, Dead what, Zone. Dead Zone. Okay, he did phenomenal in that. Yeah, he's been in so many like classic movies. You know, um, Breakfast Club. You know, Edward Scissorhands. Pretty in Pink. Uh, Pretty in Pink. Sixteen Candles. 16 whichever candles. one it was. Yeah, yeah. Whichever Ducky one. was in one, and yeah. he was in the other with. But but John you see, you see what I'm saying? It's like classic. You know these these. Usually on everybody's top 100 list, somewhere on their top 100 list. Yeah, he's been you in know, a few. He's been in a few. And, and I mean, the, he's such a seasoned actor because, again, he started as a, at a young age. But for the, his catalog, is phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I mean, and, yeah. and it it's just goes to definitely show. Definitely much more successful in his early life right, than right. later on. But, yeah. And he did what, you know, a lot of child actors could not do. You know, after their, their part's been done and after they've, you know, I mean – you know some of these guys like in breakfast club even you know um uh what's her face uh the redhead uh molly ringwald molly ringwald i mean really she's didn't she's not known for me yeah. but a lot of those actors in that movie you know breakfast club especially really went very far they didn't go very far but they they're still riding on the back of these classic great yeah. top Emilio 100 Estevez movies probably was the most popular out of that went the furthest but I mean, his was a lot of his was family and the yeah, you know. All but all these stuff. actors, like if you notice, all these actors, especially in Breakfast Club, you know, Anthony Michael Hall being one of them, you know, um, they're not known for having any kind of scandals or anything. You know, they're just wholesome, great actors. And Anthony Michael Hall is on that list. You know, I mean, Johnny Depp's on that list. You know, in my opinion, no matter what he's going through now, you know, which I'm I'm pro Johnny Depp. I'm not gonna lie. Um, there's enough evidence out there to where yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't believe some of the stuff and, and we don't have to get into it. And same thing with Winona Ryder. You know, Winona Ryder. I support Johnny Depp all yeah. the way. Yeah. So nothing's really working out for Edward. Everybody likes him at first. Everybody's excited for what he's doing. He starts trimming hedges because he's watching uh, Peg's husband mm -hmm. do it, and he creates these masterpieces. So he well, no, remember creating... he he was doing it already at the castle because when she came in she she was mesmerized yeah, you saw all things. that but it was weird because it showed that scene where the husband was trimming and he'd look and see him and then he'd trim and they'd look back and see the husband trim and of course the husband was just doing this because he's listening to the baseball game but then edward would trim some more and look back at him and then he just went off on it so it made it look like he was just copying him but yeah you're right he did have all those those sculptures he had already done but then he moved on to dogs yeah. Uh, and then he and everybody wanted him to do their dog. And then he moved on to hair. And then everybody wanted. Then it became okay. I'm going to open up a hairdressing studio and all this. But he couldn't get the finances because he doesn't have any history and you know, all yeah. this stupid stuff in the the real world that you got to go through um, to get started and everything. So um, now I think the boyfriend once they come back, you know, there's a funny scene where she finds him in bed and mm -hmm. he like pops it and she. Yeah. She keeps swearing that he had an axe. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. And yeah. I, I pick up so much more things that I have subtitles on. Mm -hmm. I only have subtitles because I'm preparing for when I'm old and I'm going to really need it. <laughs> but like, like I have them on all the time. Anything yeah, but the I problem is now, then you get blind, then you can't read the subtitles. Well, that's fine. I'm just, at that point, what's the, what's the use of watching a movie It'll be directly anyways? into our brain. Yeah, what's the use of watching it anyways? But it's it's one of those things where I, I'll watch 
stuff with subtitles now. And I did it before because, you know, you have kids around, you can't hear anything, so you got the subtitles. But yeah. now it's like I enjoy it because I catch things that I've missed before mm-hmm. in other movies and stuff. So, But, yeah, she came out of the room, and she was like, oh, he has an accent. They're like, no, he doesn't because he just had the scissor hands. And she's like, oh, it's just a, 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 you know, a visitor or whatever. They take him down. She's like, no, I swear he had an accent. <laughs> And who in their right mind would put him on a waterbed? I mean, come on now. But, but so, but then the boyfriend starts getting jealous. But I didn't see her having any kind of looking like she had a crush. No, she seemed pretty like scared of him and standoffish until at least. when they broke into the house but i still think after they got caught broken in the I, I feel like even when she says you know hold me and and things like that you know i kind of feel like she she never really was attracted to no, him he is definitely in love with her yeah. instantly yeah i don't think that if if she was in love with him i thought it was very i thought that she should have acted differently earlier she acted more like she was uh felt bad for him i think yeah yeah it was more bad i think that maybe uh, towards the end she probably did love him because she the boyfriend that she did love and was fine with a few days ago now he's been stabbed and thrown out a window and is dead and she's fine with it well and, and is defending this guy that she just met and if you but think that it, goes to my theory that i have that i'm going to say at the end well and that family is really the only nice I mean, the dad's just kind of oblivious, but that family is really like the only nice. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. The mother and the daughter are really the only nice people in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and 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 they're the, and and I kind of feel like, you know, she never fell in love with Edward. She felt bad for him, and and she didn't want him. She she knew what kind of person Edward were, was, and so she didn't want. You know, she didn't want anybody to hurt him because she felt like he was genuine, genuinely a good person. But I think that her meeting him woke her up to the normalcy that was around her and and realizing, oh, exactly. yeah, the guy I'm with is a dick and I don't want I don't want to be with that guy anymore. And there are different things than the, just the normal way of life that we yeah. have around here. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, they they get to the point where, for some reason, the boyfriend's jealous when it hasn't been shown whatsoever no. that Winona Ryder has any kind of crush on him. But you know, if, if you know, usually a boyfriend would have seen that, he would have been like, "All right, well, this guy has a crush on her, but not caring because she obviously doesn't have any feelings towards that guy." But whatever. So he's like, "Hey, let's let's break into my parents' house, steal some stuff." I don't know. I don't that know. didn't make sense to me. I mean, they I understand wanted to get a van, caught. and I think they were going to get insurance or whatever. But his dad would get the insurance, so I don't know how he was planning on getting the money. That part of the movie didn't make sense to me. It I was think. a little weird, but maybe he did it just because he knew that was locked, and yeah. he knew Edward get, would get caught. Yeah. So he could have done it just lying to everybody, just so Edward would get caught. Or he's just an idiot, right? So there was that. And then he got arrested and went to this weird fake-looking police station, something that yeah. you see on a on a TV show, which again goes to one of my points at the end. We're not in the same universe. <laughs> um, so he goes to jail, and then Joyce tries to make out with him, but he doesn't want anything to do with it. And he and she he leaves, and then she tells everybody that he attacked her, yeah. 
and tried to undress her and all this. So he has all these things coming against him now. Now he's not conforming to everybody else. And now it's time to turn on the weirdo. All of Tim Burton's fears coming to life now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, because he was he wasn't sitting there, you know, through the entire movie. He didn't want anything but Lydia. Yeah. And whenever that first time and I keep saying Lydia, I know I the know, difference. I, I just call her Lydia. And that first time he saw her in town, whatever that town yeah. strip mall was. And he first got his real painted face like like Peg yeah. finally got a hold of the owner of the company. Yeah. And uh, and excuse me. And uh, finally got a hold of the owner of the company, figured out how to make him look like a real face, and they gave him that real mm-hmm. face, and he actually looked normal when he went to and saw Kim and everything. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't know, I thought that was really cool. You know, Peg helped him feel more complete. She didn't yeah. have his hands, but he didn't have to have that pale white, you know, doll face or whatever yeah. it was. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he goes on a talk show, and it's 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 just for this one little town, this one little neighborhood. That's why I think it's all contained or whatever. Uh, but when after he gets arrested and bring, bring him home and uh, the parents are just like, you know, it's my fault. I didn't explain this. She, and they, they blame it on the TV. And it's so funny because there's two lines because, you know, both she's just like, oh, you know, it's just these bad influences. And the, the dad's in the background, but you can't really hear what he's saying. But he's just agreeing. Oh, yeah, I know. And she goes, oh, Edward, why ever did you do this? You know, damn those TV programs. Damn them all to hell. With each other and stuff. It's, it's so funny. But um, did you notice a Mr. Deeds connection that we have here? Why not a writer? Besides that. Um, Who is the other person in Mr. Deeds in this movie? Let me think. Give me a second. That actually one note a writer had a pretty epic scene with in Mr. Deeds. Is he uh, Adam Sandler alum? No. No. The, uh, the, the girl that worked at the pizza place. And she was type. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That she was, was her friend. Yeah, yeah. That, she was the friend. She was uh, one of the biddies. Yeah, one, yeah. But she was uh, a friend in the uh, and to Adam Sandler's character, right, to Mr. D. Right. And then remember they had the big old smackdown scene yeah, where they had awesome. they fought each other and stuff. That was awesome. And I was watching this movie and I saw those two together in the same scene. I was like, oh, they've been on camera together. And I guess I should have remembered that. I yeah. think we actually probably talked about it in our Mr. Deeds episode. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, we do have a Mr. Deeds episode. It is labeled as. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, but it's our April Fool's episode, and yeah. we actually talked about Mr. Deeds, so go check that out if you get the chance. I let love us do, know. I love doing the Adam Sandler. Le- and month. we got another awesome. March coming up, yeah. too. But uh, let us know if we mentioned this about Edward Scissorhands, because I can't remember if we did. Um, but um, so everybody starts kind of turning against Edward, except for, you know, the Boggs family. Yeah, Lydia. Or the, the Dietzes. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia Deets. Yeah. So, except for that family where they're kind of like, the parents are like, okay, well, stuff's happening. But like I said, if Edward or somebody else, you know, like Kim, would explain what actually really happened, he wouldn't have to feel this no. way. But of course, it never gets done. Um, and, you know, Edward keeps the secret that they made him break into the house. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't actually him that did it. But then when he saw that, you know, she was kind of going after the boyfriend. Not going after him, but he came and he thought that they were still cool. Yeah, yeah, And he yeah. got pissed and walked yeah. and started cutting stuff up. But he didn't see that she was like, what's wrong with you? Get out of here. Kind of like one of those stupid moments yeah. that I hate him in, in movies. I hate it so much where you see them going like somebody kisses the person that the yeah. other person's after. They jump to conclusions. They see it and they look away immediately. Yeah. And they go, oh, 
it's all over and then they just walk away yeah. and if they would have just watched for two more seconds mm-hmm. they would have seen the person get off me. i don't have... ever want to be with you again you know it wouldn't be a thing. movie then if that was the case yeah, you know? stupid you know so and i had written down here you know kim, kim was never bothered by her situation before edward you know she only seemed bothered when she met edward um so is this from edward's perspective too and that's what you were talking with at the beginning i couldn't find the note um, or is it a case where he was enough of an abnormality to wake her up to the mundane uh, that her and the boyfriend were headed towards? Like they were headed uh, yeah. towards being in one of those same houses a, that her yeah. mom and dad were in and all that kind of stuff. Definitely the latter. Definitely the latter, I think. Okay. Um, and then we get to you know one of the most epic scenes and one of the most iconic scenes, and I've seen it, this scene everywhere. You say you see it everywhere. I've seen this scene so many times, and it's Winona Ryder, uh, you know, spinning in the snow yeah. that Edward Scissorhands is making because he's cutting up that that ice sculpture. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's much the more mysterious b- ice that shows yeah. up throughout this movie. And in my opinion, I don't think there's much more beautiful than Winona Ryder spinning around in the snow that Edward. You've was said making. this about somebody, uh, a few other people. <laughs> no, I mean, I've <laughs> said I've said that this person was my first crush or whatever, this and that. Yeah. Okay, but, that's where I was going. But yeah, Winona Ryder. I, I, it's one of the most beautiful uh, scenes, I think, um, just for the scene of it, and I think that she's um, she's just beautiful. Yeah. And um, this scene was just done so well, and the way it was filmed, the way she was spinning, and all that. Of course, it had to get all ruined in the end when it was actually the bully that made him cut her because he made him jump or something. Yeah. Because he said, "Hey," before he even cut yeah. her. So I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. Because he, did, he didn't know, Edward didn't know that she was behind him spinning, no. you know? And he, you know, he kind of stormed off, but then came back and they had, they had that moment in the house where she's, he's like, are you, is, is, you know, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. And she's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. And she's like, hold me. And, yeah. Are you okay? Yes. Are you okay? Where is everybody? Out looking for you. there's not an okay I, I say that these are weird things between the characters but even with edward acting the way he is you know they still have a great chemistry yeah and it's obvious because they dated you know right. and they almost yeah. got married yeah. he even got a tattoo of her mm-hmm. you know and so i mean there's obviously chemistry through it and i you love changed it, for it that. from winona to wino wino yeah and i don't want to poo-poo what anybody else thinks is a great it. attraction between edward scissorhands and this kim character but it was very quick, and it it lent some credence to maybe something else that was going on. Um, but I just love that scene. Um, but then everybody, you know, whenever she's like, she's like, you know, hold me, and he's like, I can't. It shows Tim Burton's inability to be close to, and you know, maybe that talks to his autism as well, because yeah. it's hard for people that struggle that are on the spectrum to to um, make that connection yeah. to understand what normal back and forth and you know pleasantries and different things like that are so he can't even hold her and he walks away and she just goes i don't care and she comes at and she hugs him anyways Mm -hmm. knowing that she could get hurt 
And that's what shows love to him. And she even says to him, she goes, I love you. You know, and he closes his eyes. Was that in the house or was that later? Later. I think, I think that was in the street. No, yeah. she told him to go after that. But she did say, I love you. And he closed his eyes knowing that that's pretty much probably all he would get. Yeah. Um, and so he found some kind of love. And he found kind of some love from the family and everything and the, the Diane Weiss character. But the one that he immediately fell in love with, Lydia, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he was able to receive that back from her. So, yeah, it's that thing where, like you said, Tim Tim Burton, while he may not have the endings we always want, he does have some kind of wrap-up, some kind of satisfaction to the character that we, we want satisfaction for. So, uh, But then we get the Frankenstein scene where now everybody's turning Frank, against him. The, the only thing they didn't have was the torches. Yeah, and the drunk boyfriend and friend came and almost ran over her brother, and he tackles him out of the way. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> he Now, why did Edward like start trying to, are you okay, are you okay? If you had scissor hands, would you sit there and cut somebody's face? Or would you go, oh yeah, I have scissor hands. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to touch this guy's face. Well, I mean, it's a bit ridiculous from the start, and uh, I mean, and, and the problem I had with it, I sound like a uh, uh, banjo just then. The problem, I, the biggest problem I had with it was that he uh, he saved, the, you know, her brother. I mean, ran across, and there were so many people outside, and everybody saw it, but he saved his brother. Understandable. Why would he save him if he was going to try to cut up his face? I mean, these people were idiots. Yeah, but Edward didn't help the situation by he staying didn't. on top of him in, right. for like a good like 15 seconds, like right. cutting up his face before somebody finds... But you got that adrenaline rush, you know, from running across the street and tackling yeah, him. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it. yeah, look, he was already Frankenstein to a lot of those people, and so that just made it worse. They didn't care that he just tackled somebody. And the boyfriend, Anthony Michael Hall, he was part of their people. You know, yeah. so nobody's going to yeah. go after They're going to go after Edward. They're going to have to go after the freak before they go after their own. Yeah. So then he gets run up to the the top, to back to the castle. Uh, the cop goes up there, and then everybody else decides. But somehow Winona Ryder and the boyfriend beat them up there. I don't know how that happened. They snuck up a diff- the back way, I guess. She, she's Maybe actually a long elevator distance on the runner. Other, there's an elevator on the other side of the mountain that we just don't know about. No, she's, she's a long-distance runner, and she has been since she was six she years old. She like a cross-country runner. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's running up a lot. That's a big old long mountain distance. that she has to, to run up. But yeah. So they both go up there, and uh, oh, no, that's where she says she loves him. Yeah, up at the castle. And then uh, the boyfriend comes up and hurt, uh, beats the crap out of Edward. Well, at first he beats the crap out of Edward, and then he hurts her. And when Edward goes to check and she, if she's okay, the boyfriend comes back to come after them again. And Edward's not having it now. Yeah. And he just sticks his hand straight through the boyfriend and uh, shoves him straight out a window, basically. So mm-hmm. um, I can't remember if that actually happened in like a Frankenstein or a Quasimodo story. Who knows? I don't know those stories well enough to be able to talk about them, but. Um, 
why wouldn't there be an investigation? Why wouldn't they have all the cops up in there doing a search, finding him, arresting him, putting him on trial, all that kind of stuff? And it goes towards the thing I've been talking about this whole thing that mm-hmm. I was going to talk about at the end. Um, so I th- there's a chance that Edward never left the castle yeah, and that everything happened in his head. And that's okay. what I've been talking about this whole thing. Was this all just his imagination? He always wanted to go down. Maybe he has a telescope and he can see certain people down there. And like he saw when I know Ryder's face, but how would he hold it? He, uh, well, no, I'm saying it's set up, right? Edward telescope fingers. You don't think like maybe the Vincent Price, the old guy, maybe he watched down there or whatever. It's a whole town down there. It's probably being watched or whatever. Maybe he saw these people and thought up stories for them or backgrounds for them. Um, he's he maybe he has a TV. I don't know. Who knows? You know, he could have a TV and he's just watching stuff on TV because the police station looked like a very police station uh, TV police station. Yeah. You know, it could be one of these different world things. But uh, maybe he was able to see the town below and the people in it and even fell for Kim just from afar. Um, the movie was him imagining what would happen if he did went go down. So maybe that's Tim Burton imagining what would happen if he did expose his weirdness to the suburban culture that was so against his weirdness. Um, you know, the town, the neighborhood, the courthouse all look like something on TV. And, you know, and apparently he gets away with murder after the most beautiful girl in the neighborhood falls in love with him and says and then covers up for him, says he's dead and gone. Nobody wants to see a body. Yeah, but the you only know, the only reason where I would maybe disagree with that is just because the end, when she's telling the story, she's an actual person, and and the story that she. Is but what she, if that's the story he's imagining that she he's he he remember he's imagining that she fell in love with him, because yeah. she's the most beautiful. Why would the most beautiful girl? And I'm I, that sounds shallow of me, but in these types of movies, you got to have something else, mm-hmm. and. This it just so happened that this guy was gone down and he was accepted by everyone. The most beautiful girl in the neighborhood fell in love with him. All this kind of stuff happened, but he just he he's up there. He's still up there doing stuff, and people knows that he's murdered this kid. So I just imagine that her telling the story is him thinking that she loved him, or you know maybe even tricking himself into believing that. And she tells the story, and that's why he does the snow thing. Or we could even go deeper and say maybe she's the one that created the whole story. Or maybe she went crazy and just did, it was like a fever dream when they were doing drugs up in, in their uh, camping up in the mountains, remember? We're talking about the actor or the character now? You know, do some peyote oh, okay. or something like that. Um, you know, if that's the case, even in his imagination, he knew that he'd eventually be run out of town. Uh, but at least he knows he was loved at one time. Okay. You know, so it could be one of that. You could take a, a track in, in so many different ways in this movie. That's why I like it because, um, you know, movies, you got your certain types of movies and your certain types of people that like, look, I want you to tell me how the story ends. Don't leave it open. And then you got other things where like, well, you can interpret this yeah. the way you want it. Which you, you have got, to with this film. You, got you have other to ones interpret that really it. pissing me off where it leaves it so open that you have no idea what's going on and they're like, "Well, just interpret it." And I'm like, "No, you didn't give me enough." I don't I, I I have a list of movies like that that we should get into sometime, but Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think he imagined it or do you think it's just one of these things that just took place in a whole different I world? just think I think it's to whoever watched the movie, I feel like, you know, Again, he's, you know, Tim Burton's very good at this, you know, forming, you know, your perception, changing your perception. That's why I think he kind of left it to everyone else's that watched the film's perception, personal perception 
of what happened really in the film like I kind of feel like it's it's going on along the lines of you know like I said like you said be earlier Frankenstein and the Grinch you know it's all kinds of similar things you Quasimodo. know where, yeah where, where they're you know they're in this dark castle or whatever and uh then they get brought into society and you know they end up turning being good people and and good <laughs> good beings and things like that and you know they're just uh you know monsters with hearts you know yeah yeah, yeah i think i think uh he's trying to tell us you know just because it's a monster doesn't mean that you know we need to be afraid of it or whatever yeah. but you know i was just thinking about that i was like you know he broke out he supposedly broke into that house and he comes outside and they're about to shoot him just for having yeah. the knives or scissors or whatever mm-hmm. before everybody warned them like no no mm-hmm. those are his hands um but there you have evidence a dead body below this this window that he was known to be in that castle and these two are known to have gone at it you have this dead body now why wouldn't that be investigated yeah it's fantastical world. like you said you just have this one that's i think the true Ra- rachel, rachel moment, moment yeah. is that you just have to like like say that everybody's gonna go well that sucks but okay as long yeah. as he stays in his house i like, gotcha what do the parents of that yeah. that boy think you know yeah. I, you don't think they're gonna want some justice but no so, let's just have another douchebag for a son yeah it could be yeah basically uh, it could be one of those things. Um, it could be just, just things just work differently in this world that, like, if the f- police are afraid of something, yeah. people are like, well, I don't want to go up there either. I so mean, it's kind of like it. the Frankenstein issue, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, but back then, it was kind of like they didn't have enough of a police force and then all that. But, and yeah. it was like a legitimate monster and everything. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess, yeah, you could you could uh, pretty much just put pitchforks and, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, lighted torches in all those yep. people's hands. So. Um, bride of uh, Lydia is the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> I got something to add to the end of the show too. You know how you always ask me what's your favorite scene. I think with Tim Burton we have to ask this question. Okay, what do you think is the weirdest scene in this film of this movie? Yeah. Um, let me see. Or weirdest thing done in this film or said? Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. What scene did I have in mind? I mean, it could make total sense, or it could not make any sense. Uh, well, there's been a couple things that we've talked about yeah. already. I've got one in particular. What's you yours? Wait for What's it. yours while I'm thinking? <laughs> Michael C. Hall calling her brother Bubble Butt. Sure he does, right, Kim? Right, Kim. Great, now you got him to stop. Knock it off, Bubble Butt. You did it. So? He said, oh, come on, Bubble Butt. Like, that was weird, that I thought. That was weird. Like, uh, why, would, why would... Oh, was that it, when they were watching TV? Yes, yes. He's like, come on, bubble, bubble butt. That. You know, and I'm like, bubble butt? What? That's weird. Like, call him something like a Yeah, but sport? that was like back in the day, you know, where but they said weird things to each butt. other. That's just weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's the weirdest scene for me. I, I, Because I, when... I had to rewind the film because me and my daughter were watching this, right? And, and I was like, what did he just call him? Because I, I heard bubble butt. And I was like... What did he just call him? She's like, oh, I. She doesn't pay attention really, unless it's a stupid scene. She pays attention to that. But yeah. Um, no, I had to rewind it and look at it, and I put on the the subtitles, subtitles. and it said "bubble butt." And That's I'm like, weird. That is a strange thing to call your girlfriend's little brother. We, we, we have a different meaning for it now. Maybe it had a different meaning back then because there's a lot of things where I'll when? watch I'll watch when? old movies and I'll be like. Well, that's weird because that doesn't mean what it now means nowadays, yeah. but it does mean different oh, things. Oh, you, you mean like, like the like time the phrase the bubble film butt. was created. Yeah, maybe okay. that was just saying like the same thing as dumbass or something. I don't yeah. know. It could have been. Uh, I don't know. I think the 
uh, weirdest scene. I, I don't know. There's one scene that I skip every time yeah. I watch it, and that's when she's trying to seduce Edward. Yeah, and get. I just. Kind of I don't know. I feel weird because like it shouldn't be there. Yeah, because I mean, he's with this teenage girl, so I feel like yeah. he's a teenager. He's yeah. like 16, 17, maybe eighteen, whatever. And this, it's creepy, you know. And it's just it's awkward. Yeah, and, you know, there's certain awkward scenes that I suffer through. But yeah. you and I are the same way. Where like if it's a really, really, it's painfully awkward, we'll like put our hand, fingers in our ears, like da 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 da. Like I don't want to hear it because it's too awkward. You know who's the king of awkward? Who? Steve Carell. Yeah, I know. He yeah. seriously is the king of awkward. But I love watching his comedy. I love watching his movies, his TV, everything uh, that Steve Carell does. I'm a huge fan. Um, and Gervais started that, though. I know, yeah, I know, but it's very awkward I mean, what Michael Scott of, says in The Office. Yeah, yeah. Everything he says is very awkward. He makes even the characters Ger- just in. Just like Gervais. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think yeah, I think uh, Steve Carell took Gervais and took out the cruelness of that character yeah because yeah michael scott was cruel in the first season that's why i always skip the first season because the first season is only like six episodes yeah. anyways but i just skipped that part because they were trying to have him resemble david yeah. brent from yeah. the original office mm-hmm. and it was just too bad and everything but yeah he's then he became even more awkward as you notice became innocent. david brent it's two first names yeah. michael, michael scott, scott yeah. yeah it has to be that way so uh, if you guys get a chance to watch this movie please do uh it's a great movie i i would say it's like his flagship movie if you want to know anything about tim burton who he does what he does what his worlds look like and how you have to suspend any kind of um, real life opinion on how movie world should look. Yeah, you need to watch this movie. This is and the- who he does. We don't need to know. <laughs> now, obviously, this and Beetlejuice. These these yeah. would be like the most representative of Tim Burton. Batman is there too, but there's too much of of the comic book stuff to distract yeah. from Tim Burton's amazing world that he created in there. So. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.